This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're getting a little cosmetic surgery, you know, get a little facelift as we watch Spine 260 in the Criterion Collection, Georges Franju's Eyes Without a Face from 1960. But first, RJ, how's it going yeah. there, bud? What was the director's name? Georges Franju. Georges Franju? It's like, it's like Beef Au Jus. Ooh, beef au jus. You Bo- know what's weird? Boof. You know how like we just call it beef dip? Yeah, we call it, we, yeah, we, we, we call it there a beef dip. Beef dip? They call it French dip down there. Why'd they have to fancy it up? Just oh. call it beef dip. Well, you, you do you ever I mean? do you ever get that uh, Chicago style? Nah, not like where do you even get that up here? Where do you even get it Chicago style? Um, Arby's? They're not doing it. They're not. Uh anyways uh, you you said aju and i was just thinking i was like you ever make beef dip at home no <laughs> i've wanted to i have not like, i have not shredded beef <laughs> so like i brought this up to someone else because uh like i think it was like eight nine months ago i was at a restaurant and i ordered a burger and i was like ah oh, no i i changed my mind and i was like i, I didn't want to be one of those guys to the waitress i was like hey i'm sorry i was like it wasn't too late yet it was like a minute later i was like can i have a beef dip instead of a uh a burger and she's like yeah no problem and the guy was just like he's like why'd you change your mind i was like well i can make a burger at home i can't make beef dip at home and then all the other people there they're like what do you mean you can't make beef dip at home it's like i don't have a fucking industrial slicer i can't be making like the shaved meat at home what are you guys doing but apparently lots of people make beef dip at home really but i also don't want to get roast beef sliced from the deli either i feel like it's not the same no, I'd be cheating. It would be yeah. That's like that's like cold cut preserved meats. Yeah. No. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, we haven't got to food talk yet. I know that's Aaron well, Lang's I, favorite part of the podcast. Yes. But, uh, well, I mean, there you go. Uh, to answer your question, I am fine. I'm fine. Good. I'm working uh, over the internet. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Uh, still pretty busy, but you know, whatever. And uh, that's pretty cool. What about you? Do you go into a real person job? Well, guess what there, RJ? Guess what I got to do for the very first time since we last spoke? Make beef dip at home? Sadly not. That that achievement has yet to be unlocked. However, I got to remotely access my job from home, if only for like an evening and then like the first part of a day, just to see how it worked. So it was just for a night? They were just testing it? Uh, yeah, I, I was testing it because I didn't want to go into oh, my office like on a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, that, that also unfortunately wasted a Saturday afternoon because I, was... I had to, I had to learn how to do this because, uh, IT of my institution that doesn't work on the weekends. So I had to become my own IT team, which is, uh, what else is new? But, uh, what were you doing on a Saturday night, bud? Working. Recording. I was I was doing recording stuff. I was actually backup. That is a better way of doing it. But did you get paid overtime? I did. Whoa! Which is goes that all, time which which, half? which uh, probably I, I've I've never been paid overtime at this job in my life. So I don't even know. I'll, I'll, I'll find out at the end of this month, I guess, on that because I get that that salary, but I get that little bit of a extra taste, which will help hopefully compensate for my vinegar syndrome Black Friday purchases. Sam Sanchez. Uh, 
Is uh, he might ask that in the email, so we'll wait, I guess. Oh, uh, right. As of at this moment, he has not written in. He's being a real number two. Well, fuck him then. He's got no say in this. No, no say at all. So, how many movies did you buy? Six or seven. That's quite a bit. One, one's in a, tell me, one's tell me in, the one's in one's one, one's in Italian giallo box set. Ugh. So that's like three movies. Hey, I just saw Shutter is having a uh, December Giallo theme, so they got to put a bunch of Giallo movies on Shutter. Of course they are. Of course. Uh, Tell me the one that you're most excited for. Just one. Just one. Hmm. Well, I think it's pretty cool that I will be able to say I own the Beastmaster in 4K. Don Cascarelli's finest film. You're a big Cascarelli head, hey? No, <laughs> but I like that Beastmaster. Okay, okay. I, cool. I've only seen it once, and uh, I was like uh, amazed at some of the grotesque stuff going on in it. I mean, is it good? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It, I, 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 but but uh, owns it now. <laughs> it's coming whenever they ship it. But actually, the coolest thing okay. uh, is that Dial Code Santa Claus, aka three thirty six fifteen, Code Père Noël. Mm-hmm got that coming too i don't know oh no i've heard of that that's yeah. on shutter too isn't it it is yes yeah. you should watch and that for christmas that before, yes right? but yeah but it's got some i was gonna say animal brutality mm-hmm. of some kind mm-hmm. i know you love not it into that. did you get any other black friday uh nope. shopping nope i like how we kind of just stole that or adopted black friday like we have it here but like we don't have thanksgiving the day before we just have the sales because, I mean, that's good for businesses, right? That's good for the uh, livelihoods. The livelihoods? Yeah. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because uh, I did a little bit of online shopping, uh, like for Christmas and stuff, because I'm not going to stores or anything like that. What would you say if you saw an, an adult man, like, say me, for example, <laughs> uh, wearing uh, a pair of, like, let's say luxury brand denim, like Levi's, uh, but not the jeans, what if they were overalls and it was a 30 year old man wearing overalls? What would you say to that? Overalls. Not would co- you be for that so, or so, against? So not coveralls, overalls. So overalls. That's the, you got the shoulder straps. Now, yeah. does this one have like one kind of cast casually to the side? That's dealer's choice. Hmm. Depends on the day. What? And no, these aren't workman overalls like Carhartt where mm-hmm. you need those. This is like chic casual maybe you got a hoodie on underneath you're going to work in a uh online remote setting what would you say to that give her all right all right i'll report back uh next week sometime we'll see okay <laughs> yeah i don't want to play any cards too soon but uh i just just mm-hmm. thought i should get a little okay. uh rundown on that okay yeah, i mean just do you do you I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying. I did buy some like sweatpants to wear at work. <laughs> okay. Oh Not wow! Really. Wow, you really are settling into the lifestyle of the uh, occupation you which now occupy. Okay. Well, okay. So where I work, there is a dress code. We do have to dress professionally, but right now uh, we are operating at about like five percent capacity for people in the actual building, and I still have to go to the building, and then all the work is online. Uh, but they're not like sweatpants. They're these new things. I don't know if you've heard. They're called joggers. Oh, wow. They're called jogger pants. Uh, and they, they're kind of like those ankle biter pants that like we used to make fun of kids like in the 90s for wearing pants like that. Apparently, yeah. they're in style now. 
But uh, they were sold to me as just being sweatpants, basically. Well, since she's in, you know, it shows off the shapeliness, not like shape, yeah. not shapelessness, like an incontinent child. <sighs> is that a review that you just read, or are you just telling me that you think uh, it's an incontinent child? It's it's it is the look. If you're like, hey, do you like that look of a child who like maybe just pissed itself? <laughs> But at least there's some mystery behind it because you don't actually know. Well, you think it, but you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. So I bought some pants over I, the I, weekend. I feel like this ties into the porn chic a little bit. Uh, you'd have to tell me. I've never watched, so okay. I don't. I've never seen. A, a, what did you call it? <laughs> porn chic. Oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's, never... where, it's where like sometimes like porn is on the like uh, the edge of style, and then suddenly people yeah. start dressing that way because it's like it's the, it's this look, but then it starts mm. catching on, and I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I'll take your word for it. I've never watched one of those movies, so uh, I I have no opinion. Those on those that. those pictures. I haven't seen one of them picture shows, uh, but uh, so I to answer your question, Jared, from the start, I've had an eventful weekend. I poss- I may or may not have bought adult overalls. I may or may not have bought what are essentially sweatpants. I don't want to say. I what, just... what, what, what do you keep in your coveralls, RJ? Or sorry, your overalls. My overalls, anything you need. Like you could put like a, a chocolate bar in there for later. Maybe a toothbrush in one of the pockets in case you get like some crud in your teeth so and you got to brush so them so up. You're kind of turning into like a marsupial creature. <laughs> you know, maybe a boiled egg in the in the oh. center pocket in case you get hungry at one point. Right. Uh, some change, like at least like three dollars in change. Question: if you use a machine. Will you still have a backpack with you? Uh, I do. I do use wow. a backpack for work. Okay. Yeah, I do use it. It's actually. I feel kind of bad. I. Uh, it's falling apart, but I've had it for like almost twelve years. I bought it when I moved to Colorado, and it's still been good. But now it's at that point where you know the zippers don't lock all the way. If you give it a good tug, it just like pops open. Mm. So I think it's on its last uh, last run, but. It's been it's been like over ten years at that bat, and I I use it every day. That, that is a good run. It is a good run every mm. day. I, I've used it for my entire university career, and now real life as well. Well, maybe uh, this time you can uh, invest in perhaps a satchel to go along with your new look and lifestyle that you're, I do you're have embracing. A prof- I do have a professional bag, but maybe maybe I should just get like an onion sack to go with the with the overalls. <laughs> yeah, put my books in there, my lunch. Yeah just all right well uh, i will see how it works and if it's good i'll get you a pair as well okay okay sounds good or the listeners can get you a pair for patreon well hey maybe the listeners have offered to pick us up some i don't know overalls already overalls let's let's find out well first off we got Mm -hmm. yeah uh a couple newbies rj a, did you say a couple? A couple. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, from any name, Hobby Jobby. Hobby Jobby. Hobby Jobby. Okay. Okay. Where have you been all my life? Right here, I guess. Holy fart and shucks, boys! Oof. I just found your podcast. I've been looking for your podcast all my podcast listening life. I've been wanting an unpretentious, just a couple of dudes criterion podcast, but apparently haven't been looking hard enough. Mm. You popped my cherry with fact girl. 
Ugh, that's the worst one you could start with. Well, other than uh, Aaron Lang's appearance. I mean, that's pretty good, but you know. I love your podcast. It sucks it took me so long because now I have to binge listen to 250 episodes of three hours of pop, but it'll probably be worth it. I'll let you know. Well, it's I, not. Well, I mean, we're, 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 yeah, I guess that's 250 because we got those ghoul schools in there. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like I bet this guy hey, will. In the will. in the old days, we were only an hour and a half. That's true for what, like the first six months at least. Oh, we were, the, our, our plucky day, young days, you know. Yeah, but also in the old days, we were almost oh. rocking out two a week, which is like, or which is oh, yeah. beyond comprehensible. <laughs> Can you imagine, RJ? No, I can't. I wouldn't do it. There's no way. It's, yeah, but anyway. it's, it's not happening. Also, I'm currently going through the DS9 as well. Serendipitous. Look at that. I wonder if uh, Hobby Jobby, male, female, or, you know, other, I wonder if they uh, are around where where we are. You think season three, season four? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Let's find out. If you guys listen to other people's podcasts, may I suggest Cult of Muscle? They specialize in shitty action movies, PM Entertainment, Canon, but their general movie knowledge is up to snuff with yours. Thanks, guys. I'm hopping on Patreon here shortly to see what you, you got going on there. Thanks again, Hobby Jobby. Uh, yeah, I know about that call to muscle. I don't know if RJ, mm. if I ever had mentioned to you. I haven't listened to it for a long time. They also do really, really long episodes. Um, mm. And I think like I think the biggest thing was like sometimes their audio quality was all over the place for a period of time. And then, I don't know, I don't listen to any movie podcasts at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think it, since since Hobby Jobby's new, I won't uh, won't give him a hard time. I think I've mentioned a couple times. I don't listen to almost any podcasts anymore, mm-hmm. just because I don't know. There was that one time four years ago I said something I heard in a different podcast, and then I felt bad about it. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So I just cut it out completely. What you're what you're getting here is raw. This is uninfluenced by reviews by other podcasters. But the muscle thing sounds cool. I'd be down on that. And I think they're being uh, – that's one of the best compliments we've ever got, what they said. Uh, we have film knowledge of some kind. <laughs> uh, no one's ever said that about me. No. People say I have knowledge about other things, you know, mm-hmm. like soup and overalls and stuff. But and, oh, and noodles. Noodles. Yeah, for sure, noodles. Or, uh, you know, petty grudges. It's oh, like yeah. – Name someone who uh, <laughs> slighted you eight years ago. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. No problem. The pettiest. No problem. Yep, of course. Well, it's nice to hear from uh, Hobby Jobby. I don't have a nickname, Uh-oh. but uh, well, you know. have to, you're going to have to work on it. I will, I will, I will. I am actually on the Cult of Muscle Facebook group, too. There, ah, there's, that's there's pretty some, cool. There's some good memes that pop up there, yeah. some good stuff. Lots of talks of... <laughs> Ooh, I like that sound. Yeah. Not from you, but I like the sound. I think that's a working out sound. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone can uh, get a uh, audio grab of that and uh, make something inappropriate or whatever. Um, Next. Oh, last thing I was going to oh, say. Oh. They'll be they'll be very disappointed by uh, our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Very disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways. Next up, Jen. Jen? Jen. That sounds like a female, Jarrett. Potentially. Oh, I mean, I don't want to assume anything. Ohio friends of the Criterion Creeps. Oh, Hi, Creeps. 
I finished working my way through your back catalog several months ago and have been meaning to write in for a while. And this past week's episode featuring a fellow Ohioan has Ooh. finally put an end to my procrastination and helped me to overcome my fear of RJ's well-established hate for women. Aww. Yeah. Though I moved to Virginia a bit over a year ago, I lived in the hippie liberal oasis of Yellow Springs, Ohio, described by Aaron for about 10 years, and actually mm. graduated, graduated from the Antioch he mentioned, which did close and reopen and does live up to its notoriety. Those kids love to have a jazz cigarette or two and vibe to some fine artisanal film craft. And I cannot, and I can confirm that RJ's boy Dave does live there, and he's bummed a dart or two from my friends and me. He's a nice oh. guy, but I don't think he's into being recognized. Also, cool. a movie question. Last year, I hosted Thanksgiving for the first time and decided to watch Fargo with my family, which I thought would go down well, since I know they love their crime shows and everyone likes those Coen brothers. But I had completely forgotten about all the fuck words and Steve Buscemi sex, which scandalized my poor Southwest Ohio evangelical parents. Mm. Whoops. Have you yeah. ever grossly miscalculated how your family or friends would respond to a movie you put on for them? Thanks for making the podcast, boys, and have a great show. Jen. Jen, Jen, Jen. That's, that's well, Jen with two N's. Two N's? Double N Jen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that nickname writes itself. Double N Jen, I guess. Yep. For now. Uh, I think the thing that stands out most is uh, the knowledge of these inside jokes we have, Jared. You know, misogyny, um, those other things that she mentioned that only a devoted listener. Particularly the misogyny. Particularly the misogyny. Uh, only a devoted listener would be able to tap into. So it's uh, definitely. Uh, and with Hobby Jobby, Double N Gen, uh, great to hear from some new people, as always. Uh, that's cool about uh, Dave Chappelle. And you know what? I get it. I can see why he doesn't want to be recognized. I mean, I'm always walking around downtown Creepsville. People are like, oh, it's him. It's the guy. That's that guy who's got all those warrants out on him. And it's like, I know. He's just one of the guys. <laughs> now he's wearing overalls. Now he's wearing overalls. He really, he, he's going to get added he's, to that FBI uh, watch he's, list. He's, like, really, uh, he's really let go. He's really let go. And, and it, it appears that he doesn't care either. And that's the biggest problem. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I have like two examples of uh, Miss reading movies i guess mm-hmm. when i well not even misreading but like uh when did scary movie come out like 2000 <sighs> oh yeah yeah probably. probably yeah so i really wanted to watch that because i would have only been like 10 or something i was like oh i want to watch it and then my mom was like all right well we'll watch it together so i watched scary movie with my mom mm. and i don't know if you remember jared but there's a, a sex scene in that movie where uh is it Anna Ferris gets blasted onto the ceiling of a, a room right. during the sex scene. And, uh, that was a little uncomfortable yeah. uh, as a 10 year old, uh, with your parents. Um, and then, uh, one where we had to, uh, actually stop a movie, I think two, three minutes in was uh, a couple of years ago at, um, Andrea's family Christmas. <laughs> uh, Andrea has got, um, her two grandparents on uh, her dad's side. They're like, late 80s uh from Ger- like germany croatia uh, her grandma was in a concentration camp and uh they were there and they're they're like they're down for whatever they're like yeah we just watch the movie because they're old uh not italian but uh they watch the movie and um they put on love actually okay and uh so i, I know you're gonna be like what's wrong in that movie but uh what's his face martin freeman his story in that movie is that he's a porn star 
So mm. in the intro of like the setup of all the characters, there's like simulated porn scenes where they're like planning it out. And Andrew's like sweet, like 85 year old grandma was like, I do not feel comfortable. And we're like, okay. So we turned it off. It wasn't my call. <laughs> I would put on like home alone or something, but uh, yeah. So I apparently love actually is not a uh, family friendly film. Oh, no. Which I know you don't like that movie anyways, right? No, or is that someone else no, seen? that's me. Okay. What about you? You ever watch anything uncomfortable with your parents? Man. Too many to choose from? Wow. I mean, I I remember like there was like, I can't think of a movie off the top of my head, but there would be like, uh uh-oh, there's a sexy scene and the the hands would go in front of your eyes. But I'm trying to think of a movie where I've selected a movie and had them watch it. And then it was like, oh, dear. And you go, oh, no. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, I mean. I mean, I remember when my parents watched Fargo, and that movie was uh, all the craze, getting all that Oscar buzz, and it had just mm-hmm. come out on VHS. And my parents rented it, and they were like, "This movie's terrible!" Like, because they just like they thought the acting was bad. They're like, "Oh, they sound so ridiculous." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. These, no one talks like this at all. We're not not around here. <laughs> not around this these parts, don't yeah. you know? Yeah. I think they they were convinced it was Canadian. <laughs> oh well, I mean, people do say we sound like we're from Fargo, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I did see Kingpin with my uh, family. Oh well, Kingpin. Well, I mean, you really jarred something loose there, Tiger. <laughs> well, other than, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong between a man and an older woman, you know, being intimate, mm-hmm. right? No. In Kingpin? Or are you talking about the bowl scene? Well, there, see, that was fine. Or a combination. No. There's, there's, that was fine. Um, I think it was the vomit. <laughs> oh, well, vomit's not that bad. Well, all those elements. The, yeah. How vile that whole scene is, I guess. Yeah. The, the, mm. the, the veins. Oh. Yeah. So you're an anti-vein guy? No, I'm just saying like it added to the discomfort of the family mm. outing going to see Kingpin. It's like oh, this, will be, this will be a nice, nice comedy, <laughs> a nice family-friendly film. Yeah, right, Jared. Yeah, it's like yeah, my my mom never really came to the movies that often. My dad, uh, my, my dad was a big more of a a big movie boy. He's a big show boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, at least you had one. I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's something I'm just forgetting completely about because it's it means it's left such a scar on my psyche. Kingpin? No, like or yeah, but barely. Like I'm just I have to actually look oh. at a list. Oh, of well. movies I saw in theater, but then I'm trying to like see, hmm, maybe nothing like rented at home though. You're just thinking maybe it was a theater rental or a theater viewing. Well, I do remember uh, I would have seen American Beauty in theater. And then I would have told my parents, oh, you got to check out American Beauty. But that's like a total Oscar movie yeah. stuff. But but you didn't go with them, though, right? I might have I might have watched it with them at home because I would have bought that on DVD back in the day. Because hmm. hmm. I, I, I still I remember when people thought American Beauty was a good movie. Because of uh, Kevin Spacey? Oh, yeah. When America loved Kevin Spacey. What do you mean, when? They don't? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't subscribe to the news. Did something happen? Let's see here. 
That's uh, I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Jen. Double N Jen. Double N Jen. Yeah, yeah thank you, uh, you Double N Jen, for uh, you know just uh, hanging out and uh, upping our female cred for uh, another week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Despite what people say. Next up, Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. Why I write into the creeps. Why? Why? It's not a question. It's a statement. Hey, Jared and RJ. Oh, what's happening? Since I've been writing in weekly for so long now, it was interesting to hear last week's guest ask, what is up with all these crazy emails with non-movie-related questions? After uh-huh. thinking about it for a moment, I would say the answer of why I write in is similar to RJ's favorite hobby of getting together with the boys and having a cold mm. one. For me, emailing the show and hearing how you will respond to my questions is like having a weekly virtual hangout time with you guys and the rest of Creeps Nation. And honestly, after writing in week after week, you sometimes struggle with what to talk about, so it helps to turn to those food and toy-related questions that you guys typically enjoy answering. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. have you guys gotten into the holiday spirit yet? It was nice to get the decorations up early this year because typically it takes us at least a week. I attach some pictures. I always pride myself with going all out with lights on the outside of the house. And I try to add new stuff each year, which brings up all sorts of new challenges like dealing with old half-broken lights, more extension cords, and making sure the breaker box does not keep tripping. So what kinds of decorations do you all put up? Or are you guys just a couple of creepy Grinches? Well, Jared, are you a creepy Grinch? Yes, yeah, but no one, no one was expecting anything else, right? Yes, this is. You have, this is an RJ question. You so uh, nothing, not even like a like nothing. I don't know nothing. anything. N- nothing. Oof. Okay. 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 Well, first I'll say uh, it's nice to. I, I liked his rationale for why he listens. It is kind of like cracking a cold one with the boys, so uh, that's nice to hear. Uh, in terms of decorations. We have a few. Uh, we don't like to overcrowd the house. Like uh, for Halloween, we put some stuff out, and Christmas we do. I uh, I have a rule though: um, no Christmas tree before Remembrance Day, because I know some people put their tree up like November first. I I don't play like that. No way, Jarrett. So uh, we usually wait until after Remembrance Day, and then uh, we'll put her, bring it down um, a week or two into January. We have a white Christmas tree which is uh, interesting. It's uh, pretty nice. Uh, we, we decorate that up, and then uh, I just have a little string of lights that I put in like our entryway, but I don't do the whole house. So we we have decorations, but nothing um, nothing like wild, you know? You know? Nothing it's just off the hook. Well, it's just me and her. So we, like, the tree is enough for us. It's like, that's good. We don't need anything else. We don't have any little Jarrett's running around, so mm-hmm. not little yet. monsters not making yet. you watch crazy movies. Not, not yet, buddy. Not yet. Uh, so yeah, we uh, a little bit, 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 a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit. So uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. All right, uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I pretty well like my Christmas time investment i guess it would be just like it's christmas movies uh people are gonna ask you what your favorite one is you know that right T- click on my xmas meta tag on letterboxd your meta tag yes it's a meta tag Jared. It's, it's the same as a tag but they call them tags meta tag well, i'm gonna look for it uh, uh. 
Uh, Crave just put on a uh, Christmas collection, and I know you have Crave, so you can check that out. I have have access. Yeah, which would be your uh, go-to Christmas show, Jerk? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I haven't found your list yet. Up, I went then. to activity. I'm trying to find you an well, activity. But while you a, oh, while you go are. when you go look, I'll I'll, I'll continue on here. Go All to right. movie question of the week. So speaking of Christmas, what is the best Shane Black movie? I guess I would say Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but it's been forever since I have seen it. I also still need to watch that Predators movie, which everyone Oof. said was trash. Thanks for the time, creeps. Have a great show, and cheers to Creeps Nation. Creeps Nation. You know, we've been called worse things. It's very true. And then, yes, these very are true. Shane Black, eh? Well, it's definitely not Iron Man 3, I can tell you that much, Jarrett. Look at this Clark Griswold house he's got going on. Who? Shane Justin. Black? Justin. What do you mean, look at this? I, I can't see anything oh. that you're uh, Well, at. I'm on the email. Well, I don't have access my, my to God, that. RJ, my God, RJ. My God. You'll have to. It's like, check this out. It's like, look, look at that. Look at that high ceiling it's like me saying hey look at look at this thing i'm looking at there's like a there's there's like a creepy crawl death hole beneath the stairs in this house is it like people under the stairs i don't know it it does kind of uh have that paranormal activity uh kind of like very typical suburban house with a little weird little crawl space with a door you can imagine a witch crawling in out in and out of a witch yeah which which ghost whatever the hell it is in paranormal I prefer activity a be careful don't start uh, setting up cameras justin so i can't find your it's a big tree. Yeah, i can't find your christmas tag but i did find this rj picks tag you can't you can't you didn't find x mass oh it's x mass yes uh, how often oh there it is there you go okay let's sort by jared's ratings first Jarrett's highest rated. Jarrett's favorite Christmas film, if anyone is interested, is a hundred percent, without doubt, um, Santa Claus, like claws, mm-hmm. like your hand claws. So you got it's a wonderful life, Brazil, Nightmare, uh, Before Christmas, The Apartment. That's a very good Christmas film. Uh, Carol, L.A. Confidential, Black Christmas, Christmas Story, Trading Places. Another good one. The surprise Jarrett Christmas hit from, a, what was it last year? The Family Man, starring uh, yeah. everybody Cage. Which uh, Jarrett was like, I like this film. And everyone went, what? Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But... You should watch Bad Santa 2 this year. And you can tell me if it's worth watching or not. Is it Bad-er Santa or something uh... like that? Watch it for me. I've watched stuff for you. Yeah. What were you talking about before? Shane Black? Oh. Yeah, Shane Black. Uh, How about that Shane Black? Directed films? He's only got like four, right? Five? I haven't seen The Predator. (laughs) Iron Man 3 is not a good show. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, when I watched it years ago, in like 2005 apparently, I thought it was really good. And then I rewatched it a couple years ago and I was like, hmm wasn't as good as i thought it was so i guess my answer is the nice guys yeah just yeah. by default i mean but for the nice for, guys for movies that he's written oh written yeah he's also that's he's a little bit more prolific there yeah what well, rj uh, uh <clears throat> i can't believe you're not selecting uh i know your, your I man know. here i well i did that lethal weapon rewatch what was that two years ago at christmas time and i was like 
Uh, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, too. It is? Yeah. Uh, I do like my boy uh, Mel, but... um, I don't know. For in terms of written movies, probably the Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess right? like, man, this guy's got to be one of the most overrated talents there is, right? She... Ooh, Shane Black. Yeah. Well, have you seen Iron Man three? No. <laughs> well, you go watch Iron Man three, buddy, and you let me know what you think. I don't know. He he's good. He's a Christmas boy. He is, but I feel like he's given too much Christmas uh, cred mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, it's in his movies, but you know who else was a big Christmas guy? Ernest. Mm-hmm. But we're not all talking about Ernest. And we should be. We should be. Whoopi Goldberg, too. She was in, like, tons of Christmas movies. So. Sam number one. Ooh, good Sam? Slam Lovelin, uh, Love Machine? Is that mm-hmm. the one we're talking about? Correct. All right. Yeah. All right. With a email entitled... Dismember. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, because you pushed them that way, huh? No. Hello, creeps. I've finally hammered out the name for watching horror movies in December. Dismember. It's a little janky, but I think that adds to the charm. If anyone yeah. has any better ideas or objections, didn't ask. Oh, I like <laughs> Whoa, that. I like that. I like, I, I, I like that, dude. Getting right into it. He says, I don't give a shit. He's, he's ad- adopting our... Uh, mentality finals are coming up next week and boy Uh am i stressed who knew studying organic chemistry was so difficult wish me luck with everything because i'll probably need it that being said what a rough time to become interested interested in watching lots of movies again earlier this year around may i basically stopped watching movies cold turkey but now i've been back in the past two months or so have you guys gone through any patterns like this before i know jared has had this mini fig kick going on but times mm-hmm. besides this how do you manage having lives while also quenching your thirst to watch as many movies mm-hmm. as possible uh, i think it's a good question i do want to address something first though you know Jarrett, where in the course of four years there's been doing this podcast we've always had lots of like coincidences where it's like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird that Slam Love uh, Machine would be talking about organic chem because I was doing that today. And just so you know, that's not something I do every day, but just that specifically. And it's the only day I, I do it in this like three month span. Huh. It's strange, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it difficult? Yeah, it is. <laughs> organic chemistry is like, I mean, for me at least, I'm not I'm not really good at chemistry. That's not what I. Uh, it's not my background at all, so for me, it's difficult. But um, yeah, it's strange, strange. So good luck, Slam Loveland. Uh, and uh, what was he? Um, how do we keep up with watching well, movies? Well, like, have you gone through any patterns where like you just didn't watch any movies? Well, I mean, Jared had about eight the last eight months, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I think I'm currently in that spawn mm-hmm. right now because uh, my movie watching since October has gone way, way, way down. But that's two things. When I can watch, I try to watch Star Trek, and uh, I'm just busy. I'll be busy until middle of January, and then I think my movies will pick up again. I think right. that's that's roughly my timeline. So I don't know. What about you, Jerry? You you kind of mm. go. You have lots of ebbs, like the ebb and flow of uh, right. your uh, hab- habits and my, pastimes. This, this is true. I go when I when I get into something, I just go whole hog. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it consumes me. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a period of time, probably 
2000, couple of different, couple of years in probably the 2000s where I just watched te- like television series. I found most movies like very unsatisfying mm-hmm. and I just was like, no, oh, you can do so much more with the television series. Like you can tell, like, I think it was like also like the uh, golden age of television uh, mm. where like, it's not like the best TV shows being made by HBO. And then that was trickling into uh, setting the standard for other television shows to kind of like have these big, you know, sweeping narratives for seasons long to various success. And I was just like, that's all I would watch. And then, like, here and there, I'd watch a movie. I'd maybe look at those, someone's top 10 list here and there. Um, like mine? Yeah. When you okay. were 13. Uh, what was was, 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 was it on MySpace? No, I didn't have a MySpace, but uh, I did have a not. My, I had a list, all right? Okay. I had a list. In your notebook. Um, but yeah, I still, I mean, there's periods where you just wouldn't go into, like, I wouldn't even think about watching movies for like months because mm-hmm. I was just like doing other things. And then all of a sudden, you know, the end of the year comes along and then some, th- those critics lists come out and you're like, okay, these are the movies worth checking out. And then I would rush out to watch those. And then, uh, when Blockbuster would do their like blowout sales on movies and like get them for cheap that way. I would, I mean, I was still like always like looking for stuff. I was seeing, oh, if Criterion put something out that I wanted way back when, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what I think so, it is too for us? Hmm. Like, I think one of the things is where the curse that we are, uh, bearing right now is we know we're going to watch a movie at least one a week, anyways. So I think that's another like deterrent for uh, casual watching, right? Right. Or can be, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely found that uh, in, in the Letterboxd era, which for me, I think, began in 2014, that uh, definitely added to the, the movie mania. Because <laughs> it just like became like compulsive. Like, I got to watch more movies. I have, to, I have to get those numbers up. Mm. What kind of numbers were you working with? Rookie numbers? Oh, no. I was going, no? I was going deep. Going deep. At the rate I'm at, I might just crack one movie a day this year. See, I was at, I was on pace to blow out uh, 365 for the year, but since I've slowed way, way, way down, I am at 347, and I don't know if I'll crack that before well, the year ends. I've got a couple of big, big ones coming up here. I'm, uh, what am I, 24 out from uh, one thing a day. And okay. I'm three movies away from having logged 7,000 films on Letterboxd. Do you feel good about that? Sure. Okay. 7, that wasn't 7, supposed to be like snide. I'm just at, like, 7, is that good? 7,000 things. I mean, that includes like Looney Tunes cartoons that I've logged mm. and everything under the sun from like one minute long to like weird, obscure television, one shot specials and stuff. Like that's everything I've ever watched potentially. What about the things you can't log? A hundred and whatever, two hundred pay-per-views of wrestling. What if you could log Deep Space Nine? Imagine. Well, I'm still pissed off. They took uh, that Chris Chan uh, documentary series off mm. of there. That's horseshit. And I'm actually three episodes behind. 
Yeah, well, nobody was on board with that. Oh, I can just tell I you that up front. Disagree. Disagree. I don't know. No, no one's ever commented on it, but I just know that everyone wishes Lasagna Cat was back on. That's something did, did, we did can it, all agree Did it on. not come back, or did it get taken? Did it get taken off again? It came back, and then it and it went away. And then it, <sighs> let's see. As of uh, December second, Lasagna Cat is not on Letterboxd. <sighs> Such trash. My most popular review, and they took it from me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still there. It's just hidden now. You could you could well, extract it. It is in existence, just mm-hmm. not viewable. Well, I'm not going to do anything. I don't even know how to correct that. The film board needs to back me up. No. That's who's in charge of Letterbox, right? The film committee? Like the podcast commission? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? RJ was so kind as to bless oh. me with his chili recipe, which I made mm. last night. I already got back to RJ about this, but just letting everyone know it's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. Uh-huh. Pretty good show, Jared. Pretty good chili. It's relatively simple to make, but pretty effective. I had to play around with the ingredients a bit based on what was available to me in a short amount of time, but it mm-hmm. turned out great. Thanks again, RJ. No problem, Slam Loveland. I was happy to serve. If anyone else would like the chili recipe, go to our Patreon Go to the, the the highest level you can get. I think it's like $1,000 a month or something like that. I will gladly send you the chili recipe. Sounds gladly. Like, sounds like a plan. Now that we have endorsement for it, he says it was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. So Finally, this week's uh-huh. movie was referenced in the 2014 Leo Carax movie, Holy Motors, which Jared was not a fan of. What are some of your favorite moments or instances of movies calling back or making reference to other movies? A pretty funny example is Woody Allen continually referenced the sorrow and the pity in any hall, but there's plenty others. Anyways, have a good show and shout out to RJ. Sam, slam, love machine, Loveland. The slam love machine. God damn, it's good to hear from him. Do you have any examples of that? <sighs> Not a fan. <laughs> See, it's one of those things. Like some questions, we can like really easily answer, mm-hmm. and then this one, it's like I know I. Yeah. I know there's lots, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's these are these are stumpers. These are stumpers. Maybe, maybe if something comes to us this next week, we'll come back to it for sure. Right, RJ? Yeah. I've always made good on promises. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And finally, Oof. Oliver Granger. Holy shit. That son of a bitch. Uh-huh. Hi there, creeps. Have you noticed how many movies in the collection involve people screaming? <laughs> Yes. Rupa is always so uncomfortable in the house as she is trying to do her own thing while I'm watching movies where people are just constantly screaming. The mm-hmm. Tin Drum is a good example or the Cassavetes movies. Yeah. People screaming, uh, fucking landline phones ringing. Mm-hmm. Not your landline phone ringing, but like in movies, phones ringing, I think is, it's the, I can't stand it. It's so annoying. But yeah, there's a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming, Jared. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. What about you? I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm used to. You're it. I mean, to after after I spend all of October watching horror movies, mm-hmm. that's that's all that is is screaming. You should take the uh, Texas Chainsaw Two uh, challenge. Fuck! You even watched the first Texas Chainsaw. That one's got some screaming in it's, it too. It's got, it's got some screaming. Yeah, 
But yeah, I uh, all I know is Texas Chainsaw 2. You try to watch that movie not on mute, see what happens to your family. Because I'll tell you right now, they'll leave. Your whole family, they'll leave. I'm telling you. It's just, uh, something I'm willing to risk. Well, I guess this dude really likes Bill Mosley. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's well, it. thank you. Well, that's it for the emails, RJ. Nice. Interesting. Uh, we got some new people. We got some old people. Nope. Then there was Oliver. He emailed in too. Yep. Sweet and sour. Oh, sweet and sour. Interesting. 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 Hey, RJ. Yo. What you been creeping on this week? Uh, I heard you like animated films starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> How many of those are there? There's at least one. Yeah. Tell me about the first. Well, time I guess you I guess I guess there's like those there's, there's 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 those uh, Transylvania movies. Oh yeah, there. So he has tons of animated films. There's three of those. Let's see. We got Eight Crazy Nights, Hotel Transylvania. Does Pixels count? That's kind of like yeah. a CGI. Nah. I don't okay. know. Okay. So not Pixels. Uh, was something called Puppy. That might be a short. Hotel Transylvania, Transylvania short Puppy. So he's got a few. He's got a few. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually going to talk about Eight Crazy Nights that much. But uh, when's the last time you watched that movie? You Ever? mean never? I think you should give it a shot. I think you should give it a shot, Jared. This is pinnacle uh, early 2000s uh, humor. Uh, you're going to watch it, and there's going to be some points where you're going to go, hmm. All right. And then there's going to be other times where you're going to watch it, and you're going to go, <laughs> yeah. Will I slap my leg? And it's hard to say. Rear my head back. <laughs> it's hard to say, man. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. So uh, I hope you do. But uh, you know it's a it's a Christmas movie, so uh, I was checking it out, checking it out, buddy. Anyways, <laughs> hey, do you remember that show uh, Freaky Stories on YTV with the cockroach and the other guy, and they were telling like short like urban <laughs> legends? Do you remember that show? I remember it. I never really watched what? it though. What about uh, the show Bump in the Night? Do you? Remember I that do TV remember show? Bump in the Night. What do you what did you think about Bump in the Night? They were both pretty cool shows, right? I was never I was never never crazy about it. You know what it might have been? It might have just been the age thing because uh Well, I bet my I think my sister was more a fan. Into Bump Bump in the Night? No. Well, when did let's see when Bump in the Night came out. Bump in the Night. Uh, so, so that's Nick not o- it. Nickelodeon. Oh yeah. So nineteen ninety four? Seriously? To 95. Okay, shit. So 95. So I probably would have watched it 95 and then reruns for two years. So I would have been like five to eight. Bump of the Night was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You would have been like 12 to 14. So I could see that. See why it maybe didn't work as well for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Tales from Tales of the Crypt Keeper cartoon? The animated? I do. Yeah. No. Yeah. I do quite a bit. Yeah. Very good stuff. Why did I bring this up, Jared? Why? Let's. Let's just say someone was interested and they wanted my opinion on it. Okay, I just I just check in your opinion. Okay, I just conf- confirming notes. Yeah. All right. Hey, you ever heard of Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Yes. So I did a little bit of watching, not a ton. Okay. I watched one, two, three, reaching. four, five. That's it. Well, it's the rest of season three. Oh, but so we can you... cap off season. Th- I told you, I'm a little busy, uh, but. 
mid-January, expect a, uh, a big upswing on my watching, okay? So you just got a month to wait. That's all. But at least I got, at least it's not no DS9. That's, that's true. So last week we finished on 321. Uh, yep. That was the good episode yep. with uh, the torture. Because mm-hmm. torture in DS9 is a staple. Well, well, torture in Star Trek is like RJ's favorite thing. It's so well done. <laughs> I don't know why. It just is. And, you know, I don't... Were people complaining about... Like, you know how people say Deep Space Nine is, like, not in the <laughs> the, the sense that Gene Roddenberry... Gene. No, you, don't, you, you can just call him Gene. You, yeah, you know how they're like, it's not what Gene intended. Did they? The, did these same people say that about the TNG episodes that were also torture? Mm, well, because I think it be, didn't become omnipresent where like DS9 has done like three episodes like three torture episodes yeah. well it's cardassian based three, they're the it's, well, it's three seasons three episodes three seasons that's a it's a high well, average. And they're the ones who did it in tng as yeah. well that's right but anyways that was our our last episode mm-hmm. uh when, so when, now when, we're on when did they start busting out the ball torture uh i don't know that could be i don't know when does when does Worf appear uh, in T, uh ds9 next, next season i believe holy shit I, I think rj he's there episode one of season four spoilers buddy <laughs> he's right he's right there i can't wait until alexander and nog and jake do things that i want nothing to do with i can't wait love it but you want to hear about 322 yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, here's my review. Where the fuck did this goatee come from? Oh. <laughs> Slash steampunk Cisco? Two out of four stars. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me your thoughts, and then I can mm. I can recap the episode for you. So this is episode entitled Explorers. Uh, yep. My review is eh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And... Uh, Lita, huh? Hubba? Hubba? Lita? Huh? I guess my was Lita, huh? Hubba? Question mark? I don't know. You got, you got some weird stuff going on. There was side plots with like some Bajoran shit in here. Okay. But the big thing is that Cisco has a goatee now. Oh, yeah. My next note was Cisco's goatee. It begins. So it's it is addressed immediately in the start of the episode. And then so like really strange Cisco uh and Jake go sailing. They go space sailing. Yeah. And like oh, this is yeah, a this, thing. this is a full steampunk episode. Cisco makes a spaceship with sails mm-hmm. that they like unwind and then they're just like sailing along and it's just i think it's supposed to be a father-son episode but like at the same time let me tell you here so my notes read um so cisco's goatee it begins also cisco has found a michael scott like attitude uh, attitude toward life um like a chris like a chris claremont's x-men baseball episode uh-huh. Uh, only doable when the characters are established as they are. So it's like, it seems like it's it's a long, deep one. Where this is kind of like a one-off. Where you're like, oh, it's just the characters hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then I wrote uh, in quotes, transporter credits. Uh, I think they, 
so there there's talk of like transporters and stuff like that and then like the the route they take it's like bajorans to cardassia or something like that i don't know there's a there's something like they make a point about how they're doing it by like old style with like solar uh sails right or some shit maybe that's what you were talking about i think maybe yeah so yeah that's a it's a very bleh episode you go eh, who cares you know what i mean and i i guess i mean yeah i i vaguely remember this and so also my final note was cardassian fireworks so like so the reason they go on the trip is because it's like symbolic of the first Bajoran trip. And I think it's where the Bajorans go to Cardassia, like on a spaceship, which I feel like wouldn't be cause for celebration because then Bajor, uh, Bajor gets enslaved by Cardassia. Uh, but in Cardassia, it's a holiday. So when Jake and Cisco arrive, then Cardassia has fireworks out into uh, the solar system. This is what's happening. Get Jared. Uh, 3.23. Huh? No rating? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know how to rate this episode. I want to hear... This is a very strange one. Let me hear what you think. Okay. Well, I wrote... So, this episode's entitled Family Business. Yes. I wrote, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Rene loves funny episodes. Uh, uh, Odo, yeah, and then it's like an entertaining episode. Jeff Combs, Ferengi Homeworld, times were had. Yeah. Okay. So I had a wait. What? Because there's some, there's some weird stuff in this. The episode. If I was to rate it, I'd say maybe a two out of four or something like that. It's not bad. And there's actually like, there is actually some great dialogue between Quark and his mother in this episode. They mm-hmm. talk about like, uh, it's all. So it's all about like Ferengi women. Because uh, their Quark and Rom's mom is making profit, which is illegal in uh, Ferengi, like the home world. So they go to like see her to see what she's doing. And she's like setting up a business on herself. And there is like there's legitimate great uh, dialogue scenes between Quark and his mom about like men and women you know, gender issues and like roles and stuff like that. Lots of smart stuff that I can't comment on, but I I thought it sounded good. I was like, this is very interesting. But then there's also some complicated stuff in there. Like one of the things about Ferengi women is that uh, they're supposed to be nude always. Yes. So it's like one of the things in there. And I was, I've never seen that before. If it was ever brought up in Star Trek. I thought it was, it was never brought up in TNG. It, I, there was, uh, we've never, so there was a Ferengi lady in a Deep Space Nine episode last season, but she was pretending to be a man, but oh, they never really brought man. up that she was wearing clothes. I thought, see, I thought that for sure had been brought up at an earlier point. Cause like, I thought there was a whole thing about like, ah, oh, you, you, these humans, they, they let their women wear clothes. <laughs> see, they might've said something like that, but I might've, I might've just missed it because Ferengi say like lots of wild shit mm-hmm. but this one you actually see because like the mom is just naked all the, or like she wants to wear clothes to be, yeah she and, wants and, to wear and because yeah they turn their because uh quirk and rom is that what because it is she's wearing they, 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 they turn their eyes because she's wearing clothing they're like oh yeah <laughs> it's yeah. how indecent it is it's yeah. indecent yeah. I uh so yeah there there may have been mention of that somewhere but I didn't realize that and so when I watched this episode it really caught me off guard I was like wait 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 <laughs> I was like I was like what is going on here what is up with uh, this stuff so that was bizarre it's a, oh 
the episode it's got like a couple really good scenes in it but the other stuff is it's okay also cisco makes a hungarian paprikash <laughs> which i thought was fun because andrew makes me paprikash at home you ever have some of that jared it's pretty good mm-hmm. it's pretty good do you have anything else to say on 323 no that's it okay. yeah it's like it's just a comedy episode for the most yeah. part uh 324 space farm rebels two out of four stars this is a uh, kira bajor uh, rebel episode oh this is this is a kai win episode this is a, also a kai win and like kai win is good in it too but uh yeah. let me hear your notes i'll tell so, you so uh shakar is the name of the episode mm-hmm. uh, this is a yes for me no kira he wasn't assassinated is a quote uh, it's still about that dude who died last season that right. I forgot died because I thought he was so inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Kai yeah. Wynn coming at you. Duncan Regeer. Oh, no. It's Lethbridge's own. It's 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 Crusher. Oh. It's Crusher Ghost. That I, di- I didn't realize it was the same guy. No. Yep. Creepsville native again. Again. Unbelievable. Yep. For another uh, Dracula himself from Monster Squad. Written, r- written by Shane Black um wow. so the pope is going to be the head of state too great there is there's an issue with it that becomes evident mm-hmm. later uh bajoran piney i don't know so that's piney from sons of anarchy oh, oh. <laughs> there, so this episode uh kai win is like head of state now and uh, she wants kira to go talk to the rebel like they're farmers but they were freedom fighters with her and she's talking to him and it's like all the other leaders of like the rebellion. And one of them is a dude without an arm. And he's like a real, he's like a bigger grizzled dude. And they're like, people always ask me why I don't want to get a fake arm. He's like, I tell him I'm a farmer. Damn it. And he's like, I make my own work. He's got like this big long thing. He wouldn't, like, he wouldn't wear a mask, would he? No, this guy's all about uh, his rights and liberties. That's right. Dag yeah. nabbit. Dag nabbit. So I think that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, oh, that win! Just a horrible, obvious monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then it was like, "Fuck!" Now Rawls, because now Rawls from The Wire shows up. Yep. You know? Yeah, and uh, he is a Bajoran, and uh, he is uh, the opposition to uh, Kai Win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's the Bajoran world stuff. Yeah, and some of those episodes I think are really good, and then there's ones like this where you're kind of like, eh. You're like, I've seen this before already, kind of, with Kira. Uh, 325, Body Swap Theater. One out of four stars. <laughs> um, facets. Facets. Uh, eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, my notes are, huh, Lita, more than how many people? Uh, is that close to Dax inside of three episodes. Uh, so what's going on is Dax is doing some kind of weird uh, ritual for symbiotes where it's like all of the past hosts, their souls or spirits get like put into other people that she knows so that she can interact with them in a sense. Okay. If that, so like all of her other hosts mm-hmm. go into someone else's body and it's like fine for the most part until uh, the last one that Cisco was best friends with that, that soul goes into Odo and it's got a weird reaction because of course it would, because Odo's not like yeah. 
Odo's not a, like a. He's, he's a goo. Yeah, he's goo, and uh, and then they want to like the Odo thing wants to stay. It doesn't want to change back, and like that's all this episode is. It, it's just Dax like talking to herself, and I thought it was real boring to be honest with you. I was like, who cares? I made some note that I guess episode 22 and 24 take place at about a month each or so. Uh, yeah. They just, they seem to, yeah, something like that. I was also like, was keeping track of the timeline of these episodes. There is mention of like between some of the episodes, they're like, well, that happened like months ago and it was like a couple episodes back or something. So I think you're on to something. Okay. I guess Jadzia and Joran aren't at peace as it's seen back at the end of episode four this season. It's so I'm, I'm finding that there is some inconsistencies with Dax. They're like, I I feel like they don't know what to do with her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there was like, there was that episode where she was like training the other host and she was like real fun and wacky. And you're like, Oh, is this what Dax is like? But then she's not in other situations. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I find Dax is, it's like I said, I, I don't think they know what to do with the character. So there, she's just there. Right. Um, in quotes, a root beer. Nog orders a root beer. Mm-hmm. Cause he gets, uh, he gets uh, admitted into Starfleet and he goes, uh, uncle beer. Quark. Get me a root beer as they drink at Starfleet. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly what Starfleet cadets would be fucking drinking. Well, probably they're all huge nerds. Exactly. Right? It doesn't get much nerdier than root beer. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Rom manned up. <laughs> yeah, Rom stands up to uh, – he this season he's been standing up to a lot of people. Uh, Quark tries to sabotage Nog going to Starfleet because Nog would be the first Ferengi in Starfleet. And then uh, Rom is like, uh-huh. Brother. brother. He says, not today, brother. You're not going to do it. I won't let you. So uh, Nog does get into Starfleet. Good for, good so for I, Nog. I have a bad feeling now that Nog is going to be leaving, but then Alexander – is going to be entering. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Oh, then I then there's another line. There's an old man who loves me inside of me. And to which I wrote, creepy. <laughs> see, this is what I was talking about when I, I first started DS9. And I was like, Dax seems like old man. A, prog- a progressive character because it's like old men in the bodies of women and like things like that. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not like real smart in that kind of things, but nope. I was like, I feel like there's something to this mm-hmm. and that's no. all I'll say. Okay. I feel like there's something to that. What it is. I can't say, but there's something there. <laughs> there's something. Right, Jared? That's right. It might there's be, something. it might be horrible too. It could be. I don't know. That's why I'm not saying one way or the other. I just, I feel like there's more to the story. I don't know. Okay. I watched one more episode, Jared. I saw maybe you put your notebook away, but no, there's no, one. More. I, I just set it down a little bit lower. Oh, okay. I still read it. 326, more like Star Trek Defiant Spaceship Always, two out of four stars. <laughs> so instead of, you know, DS9, oh wait, Always, why did I think that was going to, I completely botched my joke. I was trying to make a <laughs> DS9 joke and I put Always in there, but it was supposed to be something with an N. So <laughs> like I said, I'm not one of the smart boys. Uh, so this is a defiant episode uh-huh. because that's all the show is now. Uh, it's also a the thing, 
ripoff. Oh, okay. So my notes read slightly Captain Cisco. Eh? Mm-hmm. I don't like this ambassador fella. Seem shifty, and so is Bashir. Changeling, mm-hmm. is this some the thing action? <laughs> Ding. Because mm-hmm. I write then, these notes as I watch. There's blood tests in this one too to determine oh, yeah. who the shapeshifter is. So it's definitely the thing. Uh, it's okay, but it's like I think it's I, I'm starting to get the thing that you had like last season. I was like, why are they on the defiance so much? Well, it seems like they haven't been on the defiant for a bit. They like, haven't for a while, but like only four episodes before, Cisco and Jake were on the steampunk ship. So right. they're leaving the station more and more, which is fine, but you know. There were some other things about this. Did you, was that it for your notes? I have a few That's things. That's it. That's it. So there's a there's a, sh- a a shapeshifter changeling on the thing and like he can perfectly replicate uh how humans look. He doesn't mess up the ears and eyes like Odo does and they like address it. But then when he goes reverts back to his like humanoid form, he has the ears like Odo does. So this is real nerdy stuff, but I was like I don't under- I was like I don't get it. So like cuz Odo has the ears like that cuz he's like I can't perfectly replicate a, a humanoid but all the other changelings also have that is that like their default setting but they can make the ears if they want i was like that's very confusing and then i was like wait a minute is odo a sleeper cell in the organization because i feel like that's what they're building up to you know what i mean Jared? i don't know but i don't know i'm uh i'm uh this last one i was a little bit mixed on this uh these shapeshifter changeling things because it's like, uh, I don't want them to only, I don't want the show to just become like uh secret invasion Marvel style where it's like, can we trust anyone? I think that's what it's going to. I'm not sure. Like, we'll see sc- how like scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's cause like, right. The way the episode and the season ends, Odo's like, they told me that they are everywhere and they cannot be stopped. And I was like, is this the scrolls? Well, I mean, it adds to the paranoia of the, like, the darkening, I guess, of the Star Trek universe. Because mm. the idea is that they're all, oh, they're everywhere. So it's an, another element, I guess, to how, how you know, an enemy force would, would they wouldn't just be like space battles. <laughs> Why like, not? Like, they would have, like, they would infiltrate and try to destabilize. And, oh. like, they, they would actively like, try to undermine, like, the Federation's pretty large and uh right is in charge of that whole quadrant pretty well by default and so it's like yeah let's undermine them you would do these sort of like subterfuges and it makes sense it's it's Mm. a little bit more thoughtful than what you were probably getting in your star trek up to that point because it was always very very episodic right like there is no Mm -hmm. large storyline even in next generation there was like the borg showed up but there was mm-hmm. no there was no big stories. Everything was just like, oh, characters disappear for a while and then they pop back up. But there was no like big thing. I guess there was a little bit with the Klingons, I guess, the Klingon Romulan stuff. But it never was a like a, a bit so like minor. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Where now it's like the now that is the main thing. Which for television at the time, uh Babylon five was doing it to a much higher degree, but it looks like crap. <laughs> Babylon 5 does? Yeah. I don't know if you've... Babylon Like, I mean, maybe, like, it's aged into itself where now, it, like, it you can enjoy it ironically. 
but it like it looked bad a long time ago and i can't imagine it looks a lot better now i'm sure there's someone listening to this who's a big babylon 5 i would, person I would who love could, to uh, I would, chime in i would love to hear from a babylon 5 fan because i know people yeah. like they love it they like that j michael straczynski yeah people like j michael straczynski almost as much as they like the scrolls almost it's so much oh yeah Remember, remember the scrolls in uh, Captain Marvel, the uh, the movie that came out a couple of years ago. Nope, they're in they're they're in that, Jarrett. Holy shit! That's right. But the refugees, aren't they? That's yeah, the, that's, that's, that's that's the twist. Yeah, and Ben Mendelsohn is the scroll. Mm. So your, like, your your favorite. Yeah. Yes. So that's it for you, huh? Yeah, that's it. What about you? Do you watch any movies? Uh, well, uh, the other week I didn't get to mention that i did check out weather diary one upon the recommendation of jackson oh and was uh, it like any good or it, it was great to paint mini figs too uh do you know about this right. george kucher chap uh it's the name is familiar so him and his brother they made movies together when they were Young young men in the the Bronx, um, mm-hmm. and just like kind of proto John Waters, but not with the depravity. Proto John Waters, uh, without the poo chewing. Though there there is poo, and uh, they do get stranger and more uh, adult and um, transgressive. Yeah, the 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 poop gets more transgressive as mm-hmm. as the time went on. But the the stuff that the the weather diary stuff is more like him making these video diaries of like he he would go on vacation in Oklahoma during the summer when he was t- teaching at the school in San Francisco he went to after leaving New mm-hmm. York and this stuff like man the joy that George Kuchar has about like going to Safeway <laughs> is something else is that like what the whole thing is no I, no it's just like him hanging out it's like very choppily edited like little uh, vignettes of living in a hotel uh, or motel hmm. um, during the summer over like a, during like tornado season and him talking about like this like dog that just hangs out it's like kind of like he, he kind of starts feeding this dog and then he's like I can't let you into the house you've been rolling around in dead animals and is, that, he, uh, is that how you're greeted at home what if I've been? Ro- I mean, I don't know uh, if I'd be welcomed if I had been rolling around in dead people or something like that. How's that different from what you normally do? Ugh, I mean, I don't talk about that, RJ. Oh, it's Shh. a secret. Shh. That's right. We don't talk about my necromantic lifestyle. Ugh. You should go hang out with Glenn Danzig. Yeah. I don't know if he's into that. I'm just saying. Ver, like, I feel like Ver, you, you guys would be friends. Me, me and Glenn? His name's Glenn, isn't it? Yeah. I know Glenn. Yeah. I know I know a Glenn. In real life? Yeah. A real he bad dude? No, he's, he's a decent guy. Are you, would, you consider, would you consider yourself friends? Acquaintances. Uh, so. I don't have friends. Potentially a bad guy. Yeah. So anyways, what were you talking about? Safeway? Safeway. Oh. Didn't you mention Safeway like I, a little bit ago? I, I did. Safeway. So I, then I said Safeway. Oh, how, how do you how do you feel about Safeway? Uh, I have I bounce between Safeway and Savon. We'll go to Safeway for like a month, and then the produce will be like, ah, oh, produce has been shit lately. So then we'll go save Savon. 
for like a month and it's like, oh, produce is good here. And then after a month, it's like, oh, that produce is shit here. So we'll go back to Safeway. <laughs> it's, and, like, uh, it's, it's like you're always at war with Eurasia. Yeah, that's how it feels. And then I throw Costco in there sometimes too, but it's like, it's too much produce, Jared. And what am I going to do with five heads of lettuce? It's uh, five romaine hearts. It's too much. Make them make, make salads and just keep making them. I know, but like, is too much salad is what I'm saying. So I bounce around between uh, some of these grocery stores. I, I feel like, RJ, you might even enjoy Weather Diary. Is it easily it, accessible? It's right on YouTube. This is uh, the, how long it, is it? It's like an hour and a half, but it, it has that fishing with John vibe. It's it's a little bit more, a little bit on the art house style though. His hmm. like it has no structure whatsoever, but might be worth hmm. might be worth like putting on while doing other things. I do like fishing with John. Mm-hmm. So you may be on this. This could be could be a way to like ease you into video art a little bit better than say Stan Brackage. Did you say video art? Uh, I also checked out a documentary on George and Mike Kucher called it came from Kucher. Was it any good or was it bad? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's from 2009. Um, I do. I think the, the 2000s uh, were a pretty good, decade for documentary Mm. and then something happened in the 2010s that that ruined it all i don't know what it is heads netflix talking head i mean talking heads have been around for a while great band um they are a good band but yeah in documentary something happened They, they, they got the formula down and i think there was a formula in the way documentaries were made before too but it just seems like i don't know I felt comfortable, mm. I guess. It kind of fits into my uh, sad bastard weirdo loser nebula. So. Jarrett universe? Yeah, the Jarrett-verse. The Jarrett-verse? No. I couldn't think of a worse uh, like cinematic universe than the Jarrett-verse. Even the MCU? Yeah, yeah, you're even worse than that. What kind of characters do you think would be hanging out with you? Obviously, Danzig. People in uh, joggers? Chris Chan. Uh, yeah, people in joggers and overalls, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know, an assortment of bad dudes is what I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, Watching softcore Japanese movies. Ugh. But I actually do think you're onto something about documentary and the Netflix thing. Uh, Andrew's been watching that uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. And uh, I've been present for some of it, so uh, maybe next week I'll, I'll. I think I'll just tell you a little bit now. I think it's it's not bad, but uh, there's definitely definitely Netflix qualities to it. So uh, mm-hmm. more to come next week. Right. But how but, about uh, what? But what about, about the, what about the movies? what about the clothes and hair, RJ? For Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the production is nice, but I, I think I think the filming is not good. Or, hmm. Uh, like it, are, are, it's are, got are, weird, it's got weird camera things where it like, it, it'll like zoom over the chessboard to like show it. And then, but then it'll like fast cut to the guy's face again. Oh, it's like, no. do you remember that, I, I was remember gonna that say... thing about, uh, what was it? The uh, Bohemian Rhapsody where they're like, this is a real scene from the editing of this movie. That's what it felt like to me watching some of this stuff. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, what is this about? So 
I don't know. I'll, I'll give you more next week. But uh, what about you? Did you watch any movies? It came from Kuchar. Uh, yeah. Was, that was, yeah. So by then, I followed that up with uh, the documentary 13th. 13th what? 13th. It's about the 13th Amendment of the United States of America to its Constitution. What Do you is know, that? It's the one that said, hey, slaves are bad. <laughs> really? Yeah. What was... So this is uh, directed by Ava DuVernay, who oh, directed yeah. I... uh, Selma, directed that movie that's apparently sucked real bad, A Wrinkle in Time, based on that book that people really liked as kids. And then you she's know... supposedly working on the New Gods movie. That... I was just going to say. Is that ever going to happen? Uh, I mean, I doubt it. Which I mean, is... they announced that like two fucking years ago. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Oh, did she, she also directed a documentary on uh, Venus Williams. She did something else that I heard was really good. Not like the, uh, not Selma. That was her, right? Yeah. Yeah, not Selma. There was a different movie that, uh, I'll look into it, but you can tell me about this thing you watched. You will investigate. So the 13th, or sorry, it is just called 13th. It's kind of a... I, ambitious documentary that I think it tries to cover way too much ground. Um, it just tried to depicts like how, why does America have so many people in prison and why are so many of them black? <laughs> but uh, gotcha. yeah, so it was it just so much. It's too much information. And sometimes when you're making this type of documentary, I feel like you need to kind of end with some sort of like call to action, some sort of um, like, one thing that you can focus on that people could walk away from being mad about and then getting people to like, I don't know, do something about it to change it. This though is like, tries to cover everything that upsets people. And like, but so oh, it's, it's a so, catch all. It's a catch all. So, and there's like all these things I'm like, yeah, that's, that sucks. Why is that? Why are, why is it like that? I mean, I can't do anything about it. Not being American. No. I can't, I can't, uh, uh, interfere with an election by hacking not with that attitude by hacking a, a dominion voting machine not with that attitude you <laughs> not, can not with that attitude uh -huh. so yeah so i mean this is like so it kind of covers you know nixon's war on crime and like the, the him like capitalizing on people like you know we're gonna be against crime as opposed to the uh, my my opponent who is for crime <laughs> The pro crime uh, lobby. It's like that Futurama joke. Was it John Jackson and Jack Johnson, where they're just like saying the same things but like the opposites? Mm, you remember that one? Is not, it kind of like that? Not quite. But it was more just blatantly like I'm for crime. Yeah, which is then puts your opponent to the position saying, "Well, I am also against crime." It's like, "Well, are you willing to go this far for it?" And then it's like, "Well, I no, not you. quite." Well, then you're not tough on you're not tough enough on crime, and that mm -hmm. that kicks off that. And of course, who's the winner of that equation? Well, you have to watch the documentary to find was out to Nixon? see what its argument. Uh, well, I mean, Nixon uh, was successful in getting elected. Mm -hmm. Um, hit the southern strategy with a lot of coded language about who the criminals are. Who's the real criminal, Jared? Who, who is the real criminal? Who, That's what who, I want to know. Who, who, yeah, exactly. Well, it kind of builds its case. Um, it, it kind of like, I mean, from a outside of the U.S. perspective, this stuff seems like pretty self-evident to me. Um, it's 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 not a it's not a good time being a uh, an African American. Uh, 
in America. Yeah. Like I'd argue that I don't think it's it's a good time at all to be an American, but I think I think yeah. there's there's definitely people who have it worse than others in America. Definitely. Without yeah. question. So and this, so this know, yeah, this is just like it's there's so much stuff here. Like they talk about there's this group called Alec, which is this like very not even shady. It's just oh, corporations and Republicans are working together to draft bills and this like group just literally writes up legislation and then the legislators bring it with sometimes even forgetting to remove the letterhead from this organization um, from the law that they're literally bringing to the house or whatever. And then people go, uh, you did. And they're like, I wrote this myself. And you go, no, you didn't. Like you clearly, this was generated by a group that just like want to keep putting these things out there. And then they have like this, like stiff who's being interviewed, who says, that's preposterous. And I'm like, okay, they must not be true. That guy said it. But of course it's not like this documentary is like trying to get, they're like trying to say, well, this is another perspective to it. But at the same time, it's like, no one believes this person. (laughs) That's like uh, when I was watching unsolved mysteries and that guy comes in, he's like, this is what's happening. And like watching it, you're like, that's not what happened here. Right. You're like, where did that guy get that? But silly. Yeah, from Nixon to Reagan to Bill Clinton. Um, mm. And actually, they even got to talk a little bit about uh, Bush and Dukakis. You remember? Remember Tanner 88? Tanner what? <laughs> what is that? I don't know anymore. I've never heard of such a thing. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah, they talk about Willie Horton. You know about Willie Horton? I know a Bill Horton. Okay. Do you think they're the same? They could have been. Yeah, I know Billy Horton. I did look up this a- uh, Ava DuVernay thing, and uh, the thing I was thinking of was that When They See Us, it was, a, I think, a TV show. Five teens from Harlem become trapped in a nightmare when they're falsely accused of a brutal attack oh, in Central Park. it's the Central Park Five. It's yeah. a dramatization of that. Okay. Yeah, which I, I think is supposed to be – I think I heard it was good. Right. Yeah, you know um, what? Do you know what's uh, fun about that one when I say fun? <laughs> It's not really Yeah, tell fun. me more about this fun so, stuff. So Central Park 5, that's kind of uh, in response to when um, this this businessman from New York, this guy named Donald Trump, he uh, he fa- he famously uh, talked about how they need to bring back the, the, the death penalty to kill oh. these five black boys. And uh, he, he took out a full-page ad, maybe in the New York Times, saying this has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's that's like one of his like things that he yeah the one documentary came out in 2012 about it oh he loved it he loved this idea the wildings talking about these wild the wildlings from game well, of thrones wilding wildings oh Wild, okay. that's going different. wilding and stuff like that these, these mm. unchecked young men rampaging through the streets raping Weird. our women rj they did what to Ex- the women exactly Donald Trump oh very concerned goodness. about this. Very concerned. He's looking, huh. in, he's looking into it. I've never heard of this guy before. Good, good, yeah, it's a good thing we haven't heard from this that horrible man since. Sounds weird. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, very strange. Good, good for all of us. So anyway, yeah. Thirteenth, um, like, I guess if you want to check something out, kind of have like your rage, <laughs> displeasure, not really put in any one direction. Just kind of feel like, oh man. America, am I right? It's, it stinks. <laughs> hey, it's okay. We don't have anything 
unsavory in Canada. Not a single thing. Not, we haven't oh, done anything to any groups of people at all. Nothing at all. It's not like not even, our, it's not like our prison system doesn't also have some strange disproportionate representations. Yep. Nothing yeah. like that. No, not at all. Yeah. No, we've done good stuff for everyone and uh, everyone knows it. You know what? Right? I also watched RJ. What about you? Do you watch any movies? I watched Borat subsequent movie film. Right, right. And uh, did it um, satisfy your Borat itch, or uh, it, it, what do you it think? It did. I thought. I don't know. Interesting. I, thought, I, I like that Borat too. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, I guess like uh, that. Yeah, I, I, I went into it. I I haven't I haven't seen Borat since theater. I've only seen that movie once. And, uh, okay. Okay. And then so I went into this being like, okay, it's it's different. It's it's not the same thing because you can't really make that same movie. So this felt like a kind of what Parks and Rec is essentially or kind of um, mm-hmm. an NBC comedy, but like as a movie. But there's like unwilling participants, I guess, that are also in it because they don't mm-hmm. realize what's happening because of the framing of it. And I right. mean, it incorporates that into it, but I don't know. I laughed, RJ. It's good. What, I, what did I, you wall at most? Uh, well, it opens up with, uh, what is it? Uh, I want to work. Hey, where's, can I work with my old producer? It's like, no, it's impossible. Why? Because you're sitting on him. <laughs> oh, you liked the the little the little thing that sets the bar. It sets the bar of like, okay, this is what we're going to get. Like, we're, we're going right. we're going hard on Kazakhstan. We're going real hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear that Kazakhstan actually made uh, their official like uh, tourism thing very nice or something like that? That's smart. My, my, it is smart. Lean into it. They should have did it ten years ago. I think is uh, what could have happened. But uh, yeah. I'm glad. Better late than never. I mean, I don't know what kind of uh, person would watch Borat too and go. I think this is a very realistic depiction of the state of contemporary Kazakhstan. Some people watched Borat one today. And go, I feel like this is a very realistic interpretation of Kazakhstan. Yeah, it's in its entirety. It's in its totalitarianism, if you will. Yes. People a, do think like Pat that. Pat Healy. Um, yeah, so there was that. And then also the the monkey. <laughs> I, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the one unsavory thing. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the one and only unsavory thing. Uh, <laughs> Because, well, you know, you know, something bad happened well, or or either the monkey wasn't in there at all. But then it's like, oh, no, the monkey was in the crate. So that was good. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was definitely like some things where I'm like, I didn't care that if it was like staged or planned. Like, I, I didn't care to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, th- that's beside the point. Um, I guess the weirdest. I mean, the thing you're like, what the fuck is the plastic surgeon? talking about sexual attacks oh yeah 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 where you go that one's a little bit off we were like what <laughs> well because it seemed like would you get her if, if you if you if, if your father wasn't here mm-hmm. and they're like mm-hmm. and they high five is that not how you operate no <laughs> i mean high fives not uh sexual i attacks. don't that that would uh involve contact Oh, and you, you're very COVID conscious, right? That's right. Right. Okay. But yeah, I thought you... uh, I thought uh, Maria Bakalova was good. 
yeah, she's very good. What do you think? Uh, and then, uh, as you said, the unsuspecting people. I know that the uh, lady, the uh, like nanny or whatever. Yeah. Uh, after this movie came out, people raised a ton of money for her, like thousand, hundred thousand dollars or something like that, which, which is cool. Uh, what did you think of the, um, the Justin Trudeau joke oh. in the opening five I, I mean, minutes? I knew it was coming because I think ah. every, everybody was like, oh, there's a Trudeau joke. Oh, and it's like, I liked it. And then it came and I was like, I mean, I watched it, you know, two weeks too late, I guess yeah. to, to be surprised. And mm-hmm. I just went, hmm. Well, that's good that forever in cinema, uh, that will live on. I agree. I think it's good. I but, think it's good. I didn't know it was coming, so uh, yeah. I, when I saw it, I went, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> said, yeah. I like this. Yeah, you told me about it. I'd seen it on Twitter. So I was like, oh. Yeah. And, and I knew it was like right at the beginning. And then I was like, ah, I see what they did there. Yeah. I, I like it. Mc, McDonald. I like that. Mm-hmm. 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 That Mike Pence is uh, such a... Uh, Pusshound, RJ. That they, oh, they, 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 they they have to keep him away from women. He can't be you know, left I'm pretty alone sure the commission there. is uh, going to be after you after this. No, one. I mean, they, they, uh, no. There was no email from them this week for after the Fackrell debacle. Uh, yeah, what, what was it? Fackrell. Well, yeah, but what was the? I don't know what I said. You said a lot of problematic things in oh. that episode. I, I can't repeat them okay. because uh, I don't want to be canceled. It might be still under review. Yeah, mm-hmm. could be. Maybe, maybe. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I I don't know. I I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. It was an easy watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was more of like a formulaic road trip kind of movie, I guess. Yep. With the much with like the, the first the, Borat. Right, but I think yeah. I think the actual contrivance works better because it just was like you're like yeah it's just a movie rather than the. Because like I totally forgot about the Pamela Anderson thing until you mentioned it, and I went, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, t- like not very good, right?" Like it, I mean, at times because it felt like everything else was so like candid and direct, and that felt very out of place. Where this is just like, "Well, we're going to do it a little bit better of a balance," because like we can't even make the same movie that we were, were going to make in the first place because mm-hmm. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I thought they handled it well. Is uh, they, it's aware of what it is and what's going on. So I thought they worked that in well. Working, work, working with those limitations. Uh, w- yeah. What did you think of uh, him hanging out with those two chaps in isolation, looking at? They seemed like nice guys. Nice, nice guys. Saying well, how, how mean, they, they wish they how they how they wish they could legally kill Democrats. Not that part, but what's what, nice well, about well, that? Is... Just that part's. We'll take that part out. Yeah. I just thought, you know, if someone approached me on the street and was like, can I stay with you? I would have probably said no. So it seems like they're charitable uh, citizens in the fact that they, uh, uh, you know, they saw a man in need and uh, they uh, they tried to help him out. Mm-hmm. So take that as it is, I guess. The way it is. Or, you know, don't. Or not. Do whatever feels right. Mm-hmm. What? <sighs> Yeah, that's about it for me, though. Okay, good. Good. Uh, you got any news, RJ? No. I did see something, though, that like an actively annoyed me the other day. Really? Some kind of... No. Yeah, lots of things. Oh, here it is. On a fucking Collider, 
uh, <laughs> at, at long last, the Hobbit trilogy finally looks like real movies. They, they wrote this whole review about how we should give the Hobbit trilogy another chance. And it's like, you know, I know there aren't new movies out there right now, but uh, this entertainment news uh, thing is just like, they're, they're spinning their wheels, man. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fucking Hobbit. There's another one here. Why Pacific Rim is underrated. Like, who fucking cares? Is it underrated? No, it's not. Anyways, I'm. Uh, I just find my point was I find entertainment me- news media, especially podcasts about films and things like that, are the just, worst. Just worthless. Well, they have nothing to talk about now either. Like, I mean, they never talked about anything, but now that yeah. there's no new product that's coming out to like be discussed in nerdly mm-hmm. ways, uh, now they're like, maybe we got to revisit things. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's worthless. It's like no, those movies aren't worth revisiting. The the Hobbit trilogy, no, no. Do you want to watch that in four K? No. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Beastmaster. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I'm into that. What about you? You got any news? <sighs> um. Well, you know, I just like to say that Creepsville is going to be calling in uh, the Red Cross to you know set up oh. field hospitals before shutting down restaurants. Yeah, well, restaurants and casinos need to stay open, Jared. It's the, it's all about economy. <laughs> just, just want to throw that out there. You know, maybe maybe yeah. priorities need to be redressed. All I can say is, if I'm not allowed to go to the slots at the casino, I might have a uh, a real problem with uh, mm-hmm. our current governing body. You might have to write a stern Twitter post. Yeah, and at, I'll, I'll send. I'll send our premier a letter. I'll say, hey, knock it off. That's right. I want to go to the slots. <laughs> That's right. Knock it off. Have a little drinky poo while I'm there. A cold one, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe they should put slots in public parks, and then I can have a cold one with the boys. There you go. Interesting. We're, we're working on it. We're trying. <sighs> oh, yeah, and... Uh, I think I messaged you about this, but uh, Ryan Johnson was talking about Force Ghosts. I don't, I don't care about Ryan Johnson. Nope. And I don't care about Star Wars. Nope. Like I honestly, I know everyone's always like, people like it's like people who are negative on Star Wars are like, whatever, man. Like who cares? It's like, I don't care. That's my point. It's all this stuff. That last movie, it was not a good movie, Jared. Yeah, we watched it together. Had Lando laughing. Was was that was that the movie where the buddy yeah, walked through the popcorn? Yeah, Carl Weathers. <laughs> Carl, that guy walked Carl, all the Carl, way through. Carl that Weathers. Oh no! Wait, uh, Billy uh, Billy D. Williams, right? There you go. You know why I was thinking Carl Weathers? Because he's in that Mandalorian show, which I don't watch, but I saw a, a, a still of him today next to, I don't know, whoever the other Mandalorian characters are. You know. The baby. Well, I, I know that uh, they're they're trying to get Gina Carano off of there because she, uh, she's turns out she's a meathead MMA I, type. Like what? What a shock! What a shock! Ath- I saw athlete, thing, pro athletes have bad takes on everything. Wow. So I saw two days ago they were like, we should get her out of here because she's anti-masker. But then today they put a thing where it's like Disney is setting up a spinoff series for her to star in. So it's like. They don't care. They don't actually care. Fucking uh, Disney was cool with that genocide going on right beside Mulan. 
Wow. People were mad on the internet for what, like a week, and then it's gone away now. Well, it's, it's person. part of the thing. There is always that. I think it's people like to say things to, oh, get, yes. to get the reaction. Yeah. But once they've said it, and it stops getting a reaction or it doesn't get a like, then they go, "Well, I'm going to move on to the next thing." Mm-hmm. And it's not really about the thing itself because it's not a lived experience for them, and that's privilege, RJ. But what about Disney? Uh, Disney Plus? Sure. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Oh, okay. Fuck it, Interesting man. stance. Yeah. So what about you? Do you watch any movies? <sighs> nah, you know, I did. I watched some uh, YouTube videos about video games, about SNES uh, games. I could, I could have told you anything you wanted to know. You don't need to watch a movie on it. Well, I didn't watch a movie about it. I was watching his videos. A movie? A video. Oh, not a movie? Not a movie. Mm. I don't do movie. Not as interested then. No. That's fine. Not a movie. You ever play those Super Star Wars games? I did. Yeah, they were extremely fucking hard. Hard as fuck, even with all the codes. You turn it on to easy, you turn all the codes on, and still I think the farthest I ever got was like three levels in or something like that. Like it is... I, real tough empire is better but i can never beat vader with all it's, with all with all the whistles cheating all the way hard fucking can't beat him. it's like oh i yeah. mean I, I don't know maybe i'd be better now but i don't think so because back then i was playing these games and that my hand-eye coordination and like skill would have been peak video game jared and now god damn i'd be hopeless well geriatric jared has no chance yeah these arthritic hands this octogenarian turn into a like some sort of twisted claw holding my brushes like from uh what's that jim carrey movie liar liar the claw you remember that nope you remember that hit joke from uh liar liar i do not the claw we got a movie to talk about is it liar liar after the break we're gonna pick up a nice attractive woman Drug her, cut off her face, dump her body. Just another Wednesday night here on the podcast. What about the movie we're supposed to watch? Uh, talk and, about? and then we'll talk about Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. Oh, God. Cool.
not since the cabinet of Dr. Caligari have critics been so enthusiastic. Never before have audiences been so terrified. Never again will you experience a tale of terror to compare with the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. Here is a strange and fascinating motion picture that the London Observer compared with the ghastly elegance that often suggests Tennessee Williams in one of his more abnormal moods. A mature horror film that the Paris critics called worthy of the great horror classics of our time. Starring Pierre Brazer as the depraved scientist who used beautiful women in the most frightening way imaginable. Alida Valley as the accomplice who procured the young girls he needed so desperately. Juliette Magnel as the innocent victim of a madman's perversity. The horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. Motion picture as fascinating as it is fantastic, as unusual as it is shocking, as frightening as anything you will ever see on a motion picture screen. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Eyes Without a Face from 1960, directed by Georges Franjou, RJ. Who? You want to know what Ooh. the U.S. title is for this year movie? I didn't know there was one, so yeah, well, I guess. there was a U.S. release of this movie. It got okay. a rebrand. I believe it's like The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus. Wait, is that guy's name Faustus in the movie? No. Oh, so they changed the names too? Well, they, I mean, they probably dubbed it. Horror... Or it was, just, it was just to get uh, butts and seats. To get what in seats? Butts. Asses, if you will. I'm looking into this now. Uh, did you know the French title was Lay You Sans Visage? It's French. Immaculate French, my man. Lay You Sans Visage. You about the visage. Visage. His name is Lay Doctor Genesir. Mm-hmm. Not Faustus. The tagline for this film, RJ. Yeah. Beautiful women were the victims of his fiendish facials. Sh- shut up. <laughs> shut up. You're, that is that the that's the letterbox tagline for this film. Uh huh. That's not a Jarrett Duncan original. No. No. Can't. Someone already pointed out last week. <laughs> <laughs> that we're probably going to get added to the FBI watch list because of the fat girl episode. Wow. And if that didn't because, do it, just because we talked about it. Well, your reading of this tagline, I think is equally problematic. So I, I, I certainly wouldn't harm the child. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I find nothing wrong with that title because that's accurate to what the movie mill uh, movie is about. And I don't know any other, Way to like express innuendos that. Or, yeah, I don't know any other like subtext to that thing. So, yeah, sounds good. Dr. Genesir is riddled yeah. with guilt after an accident that he caused disfigures the face of his daughter, the once beautiful Christiane, who outsiders believe is dead. Dr. Genesir, along with accomplice and laboratory assistant Louise, kidnaps young women and brings them to the Genesire mansion. After mm-hmm. rendering his victims unconscious, Dr. Genesire removes their faces and attempts to graft them onto Christians. Like a John Woo movie? Like a John... I, I, I would say a John Travolta movie. What about John Woo? Oh, fuck him. 
He, oh. I mean, this is the, that was the John Travolta show. I mean, did you see that ham he brought? That Nick Cage ham? Oh, I know about Nick Cage. I just uh, thought you'd be more of a woo sympathist. But I guess not. No, man. No. That's okay. No, it's not. That movie's a, a good time. Stupid as hell. Could be so good, but. It's it's a remake of this, no? No, that would be uh, my boy, Jess Franco, who would make six iterations of Eyes Without a Face. Did you watch any this week? I know. I've seen them. I've seen them. Uh, so I did not. So you, uh, you can speak to them, though. A little bit. I can talk a little bit. But anyway, yeah. Eyes Without a Face, yeah. RJ. Um. Yeah. You you own this movie. You bet your sweet ass I do. I bought this movie over five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week was the first time I ever watched it. Because oh. what had happened was I bought it like uh, when before we started the podcast and you and me were like talking about Criterion movies, I actually still bought physical media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got it on, that was when our dollar was par with the state. So it was actually economic, economical to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I bought it because uh, it was in the horror category. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, I thought the, co- the cover looked cool. I was like, this is checking all my boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, then we started the podcast and I was like, huh. I don't want to watch it anymore <laughs> until the eventual day that I have uh-huh. to. Yeah. Which uh, is is ab- upon us now. Do you right. also own the Blu-ray? I do. Well, no, I own the DVD, which turned oh. out to be kind of a problem, I guess. Not really a problem. Really? How so? Well, I went to go watch the DVD, and I was like, huh, this picture quality doesn't seem up to snuff. Not, not, not enough mm. Ks. Not enough Ps. Where are the pixels What's at? A P? Pixels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was like, you know what? I wonder. This is on the Criterion channel. I wonder if it'll is. look that much better. And you know what, RJ? It did look better off the channel because it's going nice. to be it's going to be using that Blu-ray maybe at 720p only. But yep. it, it looked a lot cleaner. And I did compare it because I was swapping between the inputs just to see if it made a difference. And I then also read that the Blu-ray actually at that point then was able to source from the original negative where I don't think oh. they had they, I don't think they had access to that back in like 2004 when they yeah. would have done that initial uh digitization restoration so yeah there, there, there are all these little subtle things and I'm like yeah so I checked it out on the channel I still got my yep. old my old creaky DVD well, obviously you have options. I got my screen grabs from the channel because it's easier on my computer, but I did watch the Blu-ray, and I thought that the uh, image quality was quite good. What do you call it? Supoib? Uh, I wouldn't use that word. I would say pretty good show in sense of uh, how it looked. Pretty good look. Okay, good. So like, that makes sense? What, what, what to you is the reputation of Eyes Without a Face going into this? Uh, so when I bought it and uh, i'm using that as my experience because i bought it for a reason right mm-hmm. um and i have to watch to watch uh i haven't <laughs> thought of it uh, since until this week uh but when i when i originally got it it's like i said i think there is like years ago uh criterion had like the categories on their website where it's like horror watches or like dysfunctional families and it was like all the cassavetti's films uh and so i saw this on there and all i saw about it was influential french horror film about like um i can't remember how they described it it wasn't like uh like mutilation but it was like a word like that and i was like that sounds cool i guess and uh i liked the nice pink uh blu-ray 
packaging. I was like, that's nice. It really pops. Um, and the mask. That's all yeah. I've, I ever saw was the mask. And I was like, that looks cool. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I bought it and, uh, and then I sat on it for mm-hmm. years. Yep. Years, but that's all I knew about it going in. So right. I didn't know much okay. else. I, I now know that it was uh, a frequently referenced and uh, a- allegedly influential film to uh, lots of people, but uh, I didn't know that before. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think the when this came along, because I was uh, buying these Criterions, it was like, oh, Criterion's putting out a horror movie. Because mm-hmm. up, to the, up to this point, I mean, how many horror movies has Criterion done? Uh, well, I mean, so far for us, we've had Sisters, uh, Fiend Without a Face. Blob. Uh, The Blob, um, Dead Ringers, Sixth Sense. And Dead Ringers, or not the Sixth (laughs) Sense. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. Which are like, I mean, I mean, Silence of the Lambs is like thriller, horror adjacent. Sisters is thriller. Dead Ringers is a drama. What's recommended? Videodrome, I guess. Night and Fog, that's a horror film. That is the horror question mark genre. Yeah, horror question mark. Uh, what else we got? I'm looking at my list right now. Uh, what about Mabuse? Is nah, that a horror film? Nah. Yeah, I wouldn't call it that either. Uh, Onibaba? Yes. Yeah, so Onibaba fits in there. Oh, how, how could we forget Quaidon? Quite long, did you say? Quite quite an, <laughs> yeah, uh, quite quite on or whatever. That's that's in there allegedly. Um, what else do we got? What about the honeymoon killers? Is that thriller? Yeah, it's a crime movie. Crime movie. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've pretty much insomnia thriller as well. The thriller, yeah. So what, thriller. What, what? Based on that track record of having no walking talk, and that's also a, on the thriller. It's a side. slasher kind of kind of proto. Proto slasher, kind of how I would. I, I started thinking about Eyes Without a Face just like a few hours ago. You know, mm-hmm. getting ready for this episode, kind of thinking like this is kind of a proto artisanal horror. It is. Would you? It is actually. Would you describe Diabolique as proto artisanal horror? Uh, man, people always talk about that Diabolique. I know. We, well, we, wait, which we our... should be pointed out? Uh, the screenwriters from Diabolique also wrote Eyes Without a Face. Did not know that, but nope. that's but that is neat. What about Blood for Dracula and Flesh for Frankenstein? Are those those aren't really anything? <laughs> well, yeah. Again, they're like they're like a dipping in the toe into right. uh, a consideration of literary types, but like they don't re- they don't really resemble the movies they're referencing. So, but I guess like thinking about Dracula right now. Um, <laughs> so I guess the. You you would have had like horror of Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein, uh-huh. in the in England that would have come out, and apparently they played well in France. Yeah, and so but the thing is though, France didn't really have a tradition of making horror movies at all. Okay, and so Diabolique would have been like kind of uh, an example of a French horror movie, and so Eyes Without a Face kind of emerges from this. Um, place of like well 
no one would sully themselves by making a horror movie. <laughs> mm. Like it, it was like viewed as like this. Like you'd be at to, you're making a joke movie if you're like going right. to do that. Like this is not going to be. You can't consider this seriously. And that was like the attitude toward uh, uh, Franju making this movie at the time, who had kind of uh, made a, a reputation for himself uh, making that documentary of his, Blood of the Beasts. Did you uh, happen to check that out, RJ, on the Criterion disc? I read the description. No. And I went, no, thank you. Well, I mean, no, thank you. It depends on how you feel about the sound of like, like a a carving. Animals dying? Yeah. Yeah. And and like a cow skull being smashed open. Is it somewhat like the horse scene in Matrice? Um,. Yes, but like times ten. Yeah, I've I've been in a slaughterhouse before. It's not mm. an experience I'd like to relive. So, well, uh, yeah. Did you get something out of it? Yeah, I, I think I think it's like one of the one of the best documentaries ever made in some ways. Because holy mm. fuck, it will it will open one's eyes uh, for one that does not to have the opportunity to stop by the abattoir to check to see how the sausage is made. Is it like that movie Abattoir? Um, isn't there a movie know. like that's called Avatar? I remember you were trying to push something like that. Like, on the, are, are you talking about the? James, or was it this movie? Is it like the James Cameron movie? No, wasn't there a <laughs> like an Avatar? Actually, you know what? Maybe it was this fucking movie. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like five years ago, before we started the podcast, yep. you made that that horror movie or horror yeah. movie list for me. Yep. Was this the one in there? Probably. Okay, well, I passed on it then. I'm passing on it now. Yeah. But you you enjoy it because you're like I like being Gooled internally out. conflicted by what mm-hmm. have, what the world is uh, doing. I, I want a little bit of that uh, cognitive dissonance uh, kind of brought nice. to the surface. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I, 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 I rewatched it this weekend. Man, that stuff is like it's raw. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. I agree. Yeah, men smoking cigars or cigarettes. Um, just nothing raw about that. Jocelyn guts out of dead things. Uh, that's oh. kind of what we do here, though, no? That's right. Like this movie, Eyes Without a Face, which I guess we should start talking about. You don't have to. You can do whatever you feel like. It's your podcast. I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what what's there to be said about Eyes Without a Face? It is a genre Tell movie, but it is told... <sighs> It's it's almost like a weird thing going back to a movie like this because I feel like horror movies like this are told all the time now, which is kind of my comment sure. about proto artisanal horror, where like you kind of uh, elevate the subject matter just by its pure presentation. As Eyes Without a Face, a perfect version of that. No, it's kind of a work in progress. Um, yeah. The movie is comp- accompanied by a great deal of circus music. What do you call? Uh, you know how, what I thought of it like? Do you know what my go-to answer usually is when I hear funky music? Yes. Okay, it's a derivative of that. I actually thought the music was kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, like a uh, score. Is, yep. Where it's like, it's not like as... Nina Rota, as, kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not as funky as Seinfeld music, but it's like kind of in the same vein. But yeah, I was like, what is up with the circus music? That's the that's the thing that stands out the most mm-hmm. to me in this movie. Well, I was like, it, where what is this? Because that is how the opening credits begin. Uh, oh. I kind of mentioned like third man esque. So I mean this yeah, is like, a little bit. This is kind of the same. 
Yeah, but it's not like a zither either. Like that's a very specific sound, but it has the same kind of like this like kind of upbeat sound that is going to be in conflict in some ways to the images, um, which is it opens up with a car ride. In fact, the opening credits, it's kind of an extended scene of a car driving down the road, like down like a wooded road. Um, and then there's a woman driving. She has something, someone in the back seat, and she's looking around, checking her rearview mirror. Is she being followed? And you're like, who is this? What What is her story? And then she kind of eventually pulls over, and then she proceeds to drag a woman's body out. Um, pro- probably the most weird little disturbing detail in this whole thing, though, is the way that the body's being dragged. It's kind of like the feet are facing down, and you just get, like, bare feet facing up. Mm. And you just yeah, like, I know what you mean. That's kind of like, oh. Like, Especially when... So it's the bare feet being dragged, and then there's that music in the background that's like, bum, ba, dum, ba, dum, bum. and you're like, this is weird music to pair mm-hmm. with these feet. No. Right, Jared? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a strange scene. No. She gets dumped. This body gets dumped. And then we transition to the doctor, the good doctor, talking about heterografts. It's a heterograft, Jared. I don't know. I thought you were a scienceman. A brain scientist, not a whatever a heterograft scientist is. It's kind of an overview of this this guy. He knows what he's talking about. He knows he knows those science terms, and he's <laughs> he's given a he's given talks to a room full of uh, French facial hair. I made oh, I, I, I just see. noted because this guy's got some of that French facial hair going on. So do so some other people in here. Well, Jared, to go with French facial hair, heterographs are words that sound the same as other words but they have different spellings and different meanings. Like fiendish facials? Potentially. For English language learners or for young students, these words can be very confusing. Mm. Like a fiendish word you said. I feel like that wasn't... Yeah, but see, there's also a noun where it's a graft obtained from a member of one species and transplanted to a member of another species. Oh, heterograph in the sense of like, well, because hetero means different. Graft. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some heterografting in here. <laughs> Not the kind that I like. Yeah. Uh, like the experimental version of it. But uh, right. I would definitely like, I would graft something else on my on my body. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like gills or something. Yeah. And so, uh, doctor here, he winds mm-hmm. up getting a, a tap from the, the popo saying that there's been a body of a young woman. It could be your daughter that's missing, right? One with the weird face? Mm-hmm. You know oh, her. That's her so, one character feature. So we uh, transition to a scene where the uh, the police are, are talking about the, the yeah. state of the body, the forensics people, and there's like it's like pretty cold stuff talking about like her face was an open wound and, yeah. <laughs> and talking about the state of the body, saying, don't forget the rats. As in the rats had been at it. Yeah, but I feel like I've said many times rats get a bad rap. I mean, they, they got to eat too, dude. They, they do got to eat. So they'll, they'll eat whatever comes along, be it a you know, nice little ham sandwich or uh, you know, a, a carcass. Wouldn't it be better, though, in the spirit of that person that they're, they're like, their essence is living on in another living creature? And then shit out. 
and then, and then well, the no, cycle but continues. It would get incorporated into, and like the like the nutrients would get pulled out and it would be in their in their bones. That's like when people are like, you know, if you die, a cat will eat you. And it's like, that sounds awesome. I'd live in my cat forever. Do you know what I mean, Drew? Huh. Are we going to get... Tell me, tell me, you should, uh, you should, you could save that for the newsletter. (laughs) The creeps newsletter? Uh, Is it what? I think that's, I I think it's called Instagram. Yeah. And then just problematic things that were said over the last uh, four weeks. I want to see a face graft of RJ onto a cat. I would Raw Beagle make it happen. <laughs> I can expect uh, that coming. Uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be messaged to me at six a.m. tomorrow. So uh, I can't I can't wait. Outstanding. Yeah. Good. We can all look forward to that. So um, we get we get sad dad. Sad dad shows up to identify the body. He looks at this open wound face and goes, "That's her." Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, well the other father's here." Because he's also missing a daughter, but we'll send him home because you definitely know what you're talking about. And he's like, <laughs> we, because he's French. And so we. he heads out. He, he runs to this other dad and he's like, oh my God. And he's like, well, at least you have hope because your daughter hasn't been found yet, which is some real dark stuff when you start. When do you know what this movie's about and where it's heading? And you're like, ah, what a, what a piece. What is of, this movie about? It's about the love that a father has for his daughter maybe and about dogs and cages are there any metaphors in this movie mm, we don't talk about those things on this show right right i forgot they're verboten so there's a there's a funeral and some, it's it, there's an awkward air about it, and of course it's a little bit more awkward, and the audience starts going hmm when they're like, "Hey, isn't that the same woman at the funeral by the doctor's side that was dumping that body in the river? Did these did these two are they in cahoots? Did they did they kill? Did this man kill his own daughter and they're covering it up? Like what what's going <laughs> on here? Because but but then you're also wondering because you're like, wait, but then we saw that same woman. She was uh, out out in the streets, trawling the streets of Paris or something like that, looking for some young women. Apparently, again, you're like, "What's going on? What 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 mysteries lie in that chateau?" Wait a minute, that's the same lady I saw dumping bodies last week. That's exactly. She's dumping bodies two weeks in a row. Suspicious. Suspicious. So fake sad dad. Uh yeah, I mean, have you ever? Tr- well, he's still sad. I mean, sad? He, well, I mean, he's he's still sad, but because he's not yeah. sad for the reasons that you would think that his daughter is in fact not dead, but horribly disfigured. Not dead, but horribly disfigured. Yeah. What else would he be? Being or sad. she be? I don't know. Well, there's I think there's like a range of things in between those two things, uh. and, and and even beyond those. One one of those things, um, yeah. So we get the scene where it's the long way home. They get back to the house. You get the the whole layout of the the mansion, and then they go and see the daughter who is face down in her bed. There's a whole lot of not showing her face, talking about her not wearing her mask, mm. and how she hates her mask, and because of about, Corona, and how it didn't take exactly. Mm. What what a what a film for the times that we're in 
year in 2020. There's a, the one line that says, you got to get into the habit of wearing it. Exactly. I know you don't like it, but you got to wear it. Mm-hmm. Like it's the responsible thing to do. Exactly. Which is interesting. Um, so there's like, you start, you're, you're piecing it all together. Little, mm-hmm. little by little, this talk of heterographs and facelifts and this doctor who's like so renowned. And uh, then you have this talk of like the daughter's face being maimed and her talking about mm-hmm. um, how there's reflections everywhere. Like you guys try to like, cover up all the mirrors and stuff like that but like you know spoons have reflections and she can see little bits and drabs it's like really it's it's a nice little touch it's not bad no no it's not bad and then i mean then you get the mask on rj the 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 cold flat lifeless mask with those eyes that just so expressive so lovely there's eyes but uh is there potentially a face as well oh yeah Oh no. yeah. So, what's this whole movie about? Well, I don't know. Uh, doctor, doctor's going to get his daughter a new face. Doctor Faustus. Yeah, Doctor Faustus in the American cut. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get his daughter a new face, and yeah. he doesn't care who he has to maim along the way. That's just parenthood, dude. No, you'll do anything for your kids. Trust That's me. Right. Get him to hockey practice on time. You got to wake up at 5 a.m. to get him to the rink. You're going to do it because uh, they're your kids. You love it's, them. It's game time. I'll, game I'll, time, baby. I'm going to beat up referees if I need to. I know a few people who've done that. <laughs> not like, I mean, they're not like friends of mine. I just like people I know. It's like, oh, yeah, that dude beat up a ref once. And I go, whoa, <laughs> weird. Uh, he lost his job, that guy. But, yeah, you know, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Have you ever beat up a ref? Hmm. Not yet. All right. Well, maybe in your minifig league, maybe a ref will uh, <laughs> just kind of rub you the an wrong o- way and official? you'll storm out. No. Yeah. Beat him up. Ugh. No. What were you talking about? Um, Eyes Without a Face. So we, we, oh, get, we, yeah. we, we get another setup. We get... Um, the the you know this, the, the middle aged uh, doctor's assistant who goes into the town, gets another girl says oh I've got tickets for the show you should uh, we can sit mm-hmm. together and then oh what's that you're a student out here wherever the hell it was and you should come back out here you you could stay the night it's an opportunity the the, the the train to Paris is just twenty minutes away come on out come on out it's like this is this is a very bad idea no one should do this no one should but I don't know. People do weird things. Yeah. Uh, soon enough, the chloroform comes out. The old Duncan approach, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, but and so the other thing here, too, I, I guess I've mentioned is this. So the mansion uh-huh. has this permeating sound of dog barks. Uh, well, I mean, everywhere I go sounds like animals to me, but I think that's for a different reason because I ha- it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's in their head too do, or do, do you think it's something else? Do the dogs talk to you though? Sometimes. Okay. Does Sam yeah. speak to you? Well, sometimes they're telling me to do this or that, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like I could do that if you want me to. It's okay. like, is that really what you want? That's fine. I mean, as long as Burn you're it all as, down? As, long, okay. as long as you're managing it, it's all fine burn it all down and mm-hmm. you go okay sure um so the the, the, yeah. the next scene i guess here would be the the surgery 
what happens there? Well, you get this, like, I don't know. I think it's probably one of the more effective parts of the whole movie. It's just, like, where the doctor's drawing the outline of where he's going to make the incision on her face. And you just kind of see the marker on her skin where you see that just slight indentation of the marker as it kind of, like, trails in. And you, the skin just kind of gives way. And you're just like, oh, Oh no! And then you just like okay, time to get the the scalpel out, and then it just starts carving it. Obviously, it's uh, there's a little bit of a feed behind the, the the knife, and then you squish it a little bit, and then blood just starts coming out and make it look real good. And then it transitions from there to where they have uh, you know obviously a not real face getting pulled off of the real face, but 1960 technology, holy shit! And then it goes just like that. Is it? Is that the exact sound that it makes? That, that's from the Dr. Faustus cut. Oh. We're, we're so goes, you're talking about... slurp like a yeah, fiend without a face. You're talking about when they put like the... Uh, when they actually like do the... Cl- like clamp it off with all the different like little clamps and then... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did some stuff like that in my previous career. It was not good. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. It's not, it's not, not nice. Not good. Not nice. Not not nice. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Well, um, and then yeah, I've made a note here. Raw dog in it. What were they doing, Jerry? Hmm. Um, and then we get talk about flesh rejection. <laughs> we 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 get the montage of like, cause so so daughter. She's got a she's got a new face. Uh, well, yeah, she has a new face, but what kind of face is it? It's someone else's. That's ne- that's neither here nor there. And then and then what happens? And then the other the other girl she wakes up without a face, and she's all bandaged up. Which again, is she cool with it? No, I don't know how that would feel. And then to wake up without a face? No. Yeah. It'd be really sore. Yeah, I imagine so. Like the drugs are going to start wearing off. But she's going to get got too. Hmm. No. Hmm. So and then I, the movie kind of transitions to the perfunctory part of these stories, where now it's like, so it turns out you know, the daughter, she's uh, she had a boyfriend, she had a fiance. There's always a fiance in these sort of uh, hammer tropings. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm really sad about it. And one day he gets a phone call from her. And he's like, that was her voice. And that's like the little tip that there's there's a little bit of hope and something's amiss. And things aren't adding up because she's supposed to be dead. And so the police get involved. Uh, they're like, something's going on. There's people disappearing from the town. So we're, we're going to set up a, a young lady to be undercover. Undercover in what way? Um, like she's going to be the next victim. Oh, not like under the literal covers? No. Not like Don't locked be di- down where it's like ladies are disappearing, everyone stay in bed. Mm-hmm. It's not like that no. under covers? No. Singular well, cover. I'm glad I asked because okay. I was uh confused. I was a little confused. I thought it was the other one. Okay. Not like well, undercover brother as well, RJ. That's a good show. Are you going to watch that this Christmas? It's I'm, not a Christmas film. I am I am not. I am not. Sure. Uh, yeah, and then so yeah, the movie just plays out with the rest of it, where you know she gets set 
up to be brought into the house. She gets brought into the surgery at the doctor's place because he is still a legitimate doctor. But they're like, oh, she's got a nice face on her. This will be more than adequate. And it's like, we got to keep trying because my daughter's face just keeps rejecting these things. Um, We get a nice little montage of that. Talk about necrosis. Very tasty. You know, uh, in my dealings, I've done with, uh, worked around some donor rejections in my day. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, man. Not fun. It's not fun. Well, that's like uh, the big thing with people. And, um, when you get like organ transplants and even if you're like the same blood type and stuff like that, there's still like, it, sometimes it doesn't take to because, you know, your body's immune system is like, that's not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. It's just so, doing like, its job. Just doing its job. And it, uh, so sometimes people with organs, they like to- one of the tricks it, they'll get an organ and it'll reject it. Or, they'll get another one. Or you have, to, or you, yeah, you have to take pills like the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Just like immunosuppressants or something like that to like try to get your body not to kill you mm-hmm. and stuff. It's too bad it's not like the comic books. <laughs> oh, where you could just put one guy's head on another guy's head, a body and he'd be no. like, oh, there we go. <laughs> slap, slap this guy's face on. Like a John Woo movie? Like a John Woo movie. Nice. You always got to talk about rejection. That's that's one of the great things about face swapping. Well, I think it's fitting because I think some of the most rejected movies in the Criterion Collection are the John Woo films that we enjoy. You know, hard-boiled and the killer. But everyone else, all these Criterion sims, reject them all the time because they're like, those aren't real Criterion films. We're like, what is? What is, fat girl? Not in my books. (laughs) Um, so, uh, my, my final note about this movie here is mentioning, uh-huh. uh, the baby face turn because okay, face, you know, baby face from wrestling when, when bad people do a good thing, do we, it's like a baby face turn rather than a heel turn when someone goes bad, oh, baby face turn. Um, you, you know, you know, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. It's, it's great. So, uh, cause daughter's like, I feel real bad about all this. Because the, cause the, the whole in, the the new surgery gets interrupted, and she's like, "Oh man, this girl's face is going to get ripped off too. That shouldn't happen." She has sort of like she has a zone out, and a, a contemplative moment and goes, "Yeah, I'm just going to let her go." And then, uh, and then RJ, mm-hmm. the question is asked, "Who let the dogs out?" Uh, where did you find such a? a formidable question something that i i feel like is possibly the perfect representation for this movie like where did you where did you even come up with such an idea hmm. i mean i watched the movie oh okay yeah okay then, you didn't read like a real like a hit uh, letterboxd reviewer their review up to two likes already two whole likes jared two. yeah uh, Two whole likes. You I wouldn't didn't see. I, I wouldn't that. know. I wouldn't know anything about that. Okay. So, yeah. And then the movie ends on so this what? like it's like it's like a Jean Cocteau movie where um, uh, kind Chris, of. Christiane just like walks off into the woods and there's like birds all around her. And it's the Disney ending. She's a Disney princess. I, but it's but is it, as as the uh, the critics like to say, is it lyrical? I don't even know what that means. Exactly. What do they mean? Exactly. Lyrical in the lyrical sense or lyrical in the non-lyrical sense? These like, are the big questions. With eyes wide open. The Stanley Kubrick film? No. That would be eyes wide shut. The Bill Kubrick film? Bill Kubrick himself. 
<laughs> He's kind of like Paul Cassavetes. Do you remember him? <laughs> He's a good dude. Anyways, what were you what were you talking about? Um, cinema. Oh yeah, cool. It's the state of cinema. So anyway, yeah, I mean, so I I'd, I'd seen this movie, you know, yonks years ago. ago, fifteen years ago now. Sure. And uh, I mean, never like. It didn't blow me away at the time. I love the idea of it. I think it's cool. Uh, I I always want more horror in my Criterion. Sure. Um, but uh, I mean, upon watching this again too, it's kind of like this is okay. Mm-hmm. There's like it's like very well shot. Um, mm-hmm. it, I'd say it's a bit slow. Sure. You know? It's 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 fair. It's a little. Uh, I mean, it's only like ninety minutes, ninety five minutes long. Mm-hmm. I think and. Uh, but I, some of the visuals are fantastic. The mask—it's all about that mask. Yes. But no, 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 no one talks about the uh, the actresses. What looks very much like a wig to me. She's got what do they call that in the in the professionals? Uh, remember when you're talking about an actress who's wearing a wig? You you use the term once. You're like they call that a uh, something. <laughs> okay. I can't remember what the fuck was that from. I think it was from like uh, oh my god. <laughs> Where like actresses wear wigs that aren't clearly aren't their hair, and they call it something. Okay. You told me this one time, and I thought it was funny, <laughs> but now I can't remember what it is. I can't remember. Yep. Her, I, her hair is, you know, whatever. But the big thing about the mask, I think, is is that it, it fits so well. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like there isn't a mask on her face, and they drew the line on, and she's just like amazingly still and has perfect skin. Is how I was looking. Oh at the yeah. Mask. Well, there's different because there's definitely times from like so from, well from from afar. It's like you can't yeah. really you don't quite tell that this person has nothing there. Yeah. It's just a blank. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly fitting. Incredibly fitting. Sure. Mm-hmm. What else were you talking about? You think the show's uh, okay? Yeah, I mean, so I mean. So my, my 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 guy Jess Franco, he makes the yeah. awful Doctor Orloff. Two sure. year, two years later, um, and then he he winds up making another version of it that's like way more sleazy called Faceless in the eighties, and mm-hmm. I mean Awful Doctor Orloff almost feels like a real movie, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's before Franco just starts doing his uh, movies with pubes, and the, which films? <laughs> Sorry, labias. Is that artisanal or yes, very artisanal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of that okay. going on, but awful Doctor. Mor- yeah, awful Doctor Orloff was. It's, it's like a B movie. Um, gotcha. But there's a. It's it's it, obviously those images from Eyes Without a Face stuck with him because he winds up doing like iterations of these mad scientists doing mm. all sorts of crazy things. All, all sorts of crazy ideas yeah. about loving each other. His name's <laughs> Jeff. He's dating my mom. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, hell, there was even a movie that following year called Adam Age Vampire. It sounds cool. Uh, about a doctor attempting to take the faces of other women to repair his daughter's face. Huh. How, like how, Adam, the name Adam, or Atom? A- like a- Atom. 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 That's cool. Up and at them. <laughs> Up and at them. Um, there is the British film Corruption starring Peter Cushing. Which has uh, a surgeon tries to restore his fiance's beauty by repeatedly treating her with fluids extracted from the pituitary glands of murdered female victims. 
classic 70s films the pituitary gland yep. it's got all the answers it's like it's like spinal it's, juice cerebral spinal fluid um and then of course uh, uh i guess like hammer film? The, the pinnacle though of this yeah. genre would be the uh pedro almodovar film the skin i live in uh yes that's also fitting but i think the pinnacle which you kind of have been downplayed. Oh, I'm all, sorry. All episode what? for reasons unknown. Uh, what about the John Woo masterpiece Face Off? I feel like that is perhaps one of the most original movies and has nothing to link it other than superficial elements, which Correct. of course only you would pick up on. Not the deeper meanings of Face Off. <laughs> face well, Face Forward Slash Off. Well, when we get to Spine, uh, was it 2000? Face Off is going to be. I think. Yeah. We got the insight on the Criterion track. People don't know that, but we uh, we actually have partnered up with them for sure. Okay. Uh, make sure you let them know that. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some good ones. I, I didn't realize the Almodovar connection there, but uh, I mean, that's fitting. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it's not quite the same thing, but right. uh, it's definitely has surgery and daughters involved. Mm. Right. Well, those are, those are constants. Have you you've seen it, right? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, what happens in the skin I live in, and what happens in an eyes without a face are not the same. They're not. But yeah. it's like, but what? I what, mean, what, what, there's cosmetic surgery, and then there's daughters, and, and, and then it's... and but then there's like also like a space, but there's like far more like I mean I think this is a better movie, like is what I'm saying. As skin far as I like, yeah. Yeah, that that movie's fucking horrifying. Yeah, that movie is like yeah, but it's like in a, a good way. But it's like the mad scientist, uh, yeah. bandaged faces, and like people kind of right. being kept inside of rooms and like the. But again, that's a movie you have to watch and experience. You don't want to know too yeah, much we, about we, it. Yeah, there's a da- there's daughters in it, RJ. There's daughters. There's daughters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the John Mayer song. Yeah. So, so RJ, uh, <laughs> I've been talking for a while. What did you yeah. think of Eyes Without a Face? Well, I think there's a lot of build up to this thing now because I mentioned I was like, I've owned it for a long time. I've just never watched the fucking thing. Uh, so I threw it on and I was watching it. And uh, immediately, it's like I said, I was kind of thrown off by the music first and foremost. So I was just like, what's up with this music? Surely you must like, be getting used to it, though, now. I mean, this is the Criterion Collection. In- inappropriate where, audio cues and unusual musical selections. I mean, abound. Yeah. We have strange music drops, and we have frank depictions of Italian men. Uh, that is the Criterion Collection in a nutshell, apparently. Uh, so I was thrown off by the music a little bit. And then there's a few things in this movie that I think uh, like astute listeners would probably pick up on as RJ No-Nos, uh, like the, a- the animal dog lab being run there. But mm-hmm. there are a few things else in its favor. So uh, I'll tell you right now. I think this is a pretty good show mm-hmm. and I will label it as such now that we've talked about it. Uh, I am. Um, so when I was watching it, I kind of had some like some peaks and some valleys where I was like, I was like, I'm liking what they're doing right now. And then uh, other parts was like, eh, whatever. So it kind of, it comes and goes, mm-hmm. but I think as a whole, by the time I got near the ending and we had the liberation of the dogs and the Disney princess ending, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm on board with this. I was like, I kind of like the way that this, where this kind of went, uh, because I, I too, uh, like the mad scientist route. And I think it is, 
I do like the approach here where it's uh, the father and daughter and he says he's doing it for her. But it's like actually all he's doing is kind of appealing to his own vanity where he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you better. <laughs> and she's just like she just doesn't want to be alive at all. <laughs> so she doesn't really even care mm-hmm. about like how she looks. She's like, I'm just I don't want this. Uh, so I kind of get that because I feel like that's a, a very common um, Gen Z uh, mentality now where it's like I never even wanted to be alive, uh, which is what I, I read on the Internet. Um but I, I like the kind of build up between them two. And uh, I do, I think like in uh, like through all of it, it is like a pretty grim movie where it's just like some dude kidnapping ladies and like cutting their faces wow. off. Yeah. His, like his, like that's hench, his henchwoman. Thing. Yeah. His henchwoman. And then you're just like, fuck, that's pretty like gruesome. But I think this is a proto French extremism, Jarrett. And I know last week we had erotic French extremism. Uh, so I just, <laughs> uh, well, in a, in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, but I actually, one thing that like really struck me in this was the, the length of the surgery scenes. Oh, yeah. Cause it's like 10 minutes long. And I was just like, holy fuck. I was like, they're really letting this breathe where they're like, we're going to show you a face being removed. And you're like, okay. But like, I, I like how it's shown with like all of the forceps, like uh, pinching and then just like it, like the method. He's like, all right, pick it up real slow. <laughs> OK, we're going to go drop it on her face. So I like the buildup of it there. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the the length of the surgery scenes, I was like, fuck. I was like, I wasn't expecting this in this movie. Mm-hmm. The last uh, yeah. Apparently, which, RJ. Yeah, when yeah. it was screened at the Edinburgh Film Festival, oh. people fainted, which yeah. prompted Georges Franjou to say something along the lines of uh, that, uh, ah, no wonder the men wear kilts, because they're uh, ladies, they're not real men. <laughs> that's like uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger said, uh, I call you girly men. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That famous broadcast when he was governor still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what movie hasn't been, what horror film hasn't been described as people fainting or people were vomiting in the theaters? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, didn't, like, we've talked about it before, but didn't people say that about the original Dracula? Like the Bea Lugosi one? They're like, people fainted. That's how scary it was in 1930. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right. Wow. Cool. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, I like I like the build up there. I'm not I'm not too keen on the uh, the dog testing stuff, but I did like the payoff to it in two ways. Where where the girl like she just wants to die, <laughs> and she's like, you know when you know when Dad injects the dogs mm-hmm. when the surgeries don't work, it's like, can you give me some of that? Because like I just don't want to be here. Uh, but I do like I do think there's a natu- there's like a retribution of them and like an actual like they they get. Like they they're freed, and then like they have the revenge, which is fine. I don't care much for that, but I'm glad that they just get freed. And then I do think that it's like a, a Disney princess ending. She's walking with the with like the doves and the animals, and she's just off on her own, and she can be whatever she wants to be now. Is she delusional? I don't know, possibly, but uh, she's her own person, and I think that's what matters. So, um, I I'm with you. I don't think it's like there's no like high like marks on it where it's just like, this is like some of the best shit, 
but uh watching it, i was like this i was like i think this is pretty good actually so uh i'm glad that i own this film because it's like i'm not gonna watch it again but i was like it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> because I, I i i can't watch rewatch criterion films as you know um but i i uh, i dug what they were doing here so i was surprised by myself i was like i think this is pretty good i was like i like this good stuff good stuff so not the best but uh i think better than a lot of the other stuff we watch so not too bad. I think it's. I think it was a cool '60s horror film, right? But Being I mean, French, I won't hold against it. Yeah, well, I mean, because there's also like in like the, the making of it does not feel like it has the trappings of a 1950s '60s science fiction horror movie. So yeah. when this movie got released in America, it, it, it was a double bill, RJ, and uh, it was du- it was double billed up with a movie called The Manster. <laughs> You know about you know about the Manster? It sounds cool. Tell me it's good. Yeah, well, it's on YouTube. Anyone okay. could anyone could check it out right now. It's all of seventy two minutes long. Okay. And it's everything you could expect. It's uh it's set in Japan. Uh sure. Oh, and there's a mad Japanese scientist who is is going around injecting people for the sake of science. Sure. He's got a lady monster he keeps in a cage. Okay. He has a... There is a woman who... I think she is... It's hard to tell what they're going for. I think she's like a Caucasian woman, but she's playing a Japanese woman or something. It's like... Is that what this is? She has kind of a little bit of that weird accent that white people do. When they want to say like that they're Asian, yeah, maybe that they're Japanese, and you go, huh, 1959, not that long ago. So, uh, the costume is like a gorilla suit or a two-headed gorilla suit. You could mm-hmm. look, you, you could Google search it, and once you've seen the monster, you've probably seen this movie a thousand times in your dreams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like a Corman movie. Maybe... I like the sounds of this monster, though. I just think that's a cool title. I mean, the the two headed monster. Like, check it out. I think it would be cool if it was like a a guy. Like the monster was more about a guy who's just like the epitome of man, like American man. Like he just drank a lot of Bud Light. Maybe he wore overalls on the weekends when he was hanging out with the boys. Right. Things like that, you know. Kind of like that. Yeah. So you're telling it so, exists. It's so, but, but it becomes really clear the difference between the eyes without a face and the monster. Like why it's like okay, this is like a really well made movie, and is like, ser- like this is like made by a serious director who mm-hmm. is like who's like this this like there's like whatever you want to call it, like laughably like the French sensibility, which it doesn't because mm-hmm. it's like in France it was like it would be like upturned noses at the time toward this kind of like why 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 is this coming out of the french cinema poo poo on this poo poo excuse me i know pretty harsh words all i know is that jared duncan just said the manster is the best criterion film you've watched so mm-hmm. far is that top in your ranked list uh is it i don't know i don't know would you put the monster at the top? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, from the from the essay 
that accompanies this um, by David Callett. He mentions here that uh, writing for the Cahier du Cinema, my favorite words, Michel Delahaye argued that Eyes Without a Face must actually be a film noir masquerading as horror, since it was beyond question that no serious artist would debase himself by making a horror picture. Why, what are people, why are people such like dinks about horror movies? Like, who cares? It was a different time. What about elevated horror? Wow, I mean that this this again. This is a, a prime example of what was coming. Proto elevated. Mm-hmm. Is this like mid elevation studios? It's like before people knew that they were like they didn't even know they were being elevated yet. Ah, do you think that um, if this movie were to be made today, do you think Blumhouse would do it or? Oh yeah. Who do you think would direct it? Would it be the uh, the dude who made um, Upgrade, or would it be Jordan Peele? Because those are the only two Blumhouse directors. Oh no, that's not true. Those are the only two big Blumhouse oh, directors. Yeah. I, I know they'd get someone else to do it. Not James Wan, someone else. Well, James Wan's not even in their wheelhouse, is he? He he's producing lots of shit now, but a lot of it's for Warner Brothers. Well, yeah, because he's he's the Conjuring maestro. Yeah. Yeah, so now all he's doing is producing stuff. Yeah. That's right. But he... <sighs> okay, you want to hear from yeah. some people who hate Eyes Without a Face? I mean, who could even hate this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? <sighs> wow. But yeah, let's hit it. People always have to have something to say, don't they? Yeah. <clears throat> First up, Fatima. Fatima. Half a star. Maybe I'm just dumb, but I genuinely was bored to death watching this film. I didn't understand the message very well, and it was just boring. Too quiet for my liking and too calm. Not even sure how to explain my dislikes about it. I mean, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I've been confused before. Uh, I think this is a new account that they just started a couple months ago because they don't have a lot of films logged. But the only five-star films include uh, Goodnight Mommy, uh, oh. And the invitation. Okay. That's it. Huh. This is the only two five star films. So I think it's a new account. Okay. But that's and, fine. And is this the only half star? It is. It is. Wow. Yeah. They only have <laughs> um, 17 films logged. Okay. So. Uh, next up, Josh, half okay. a star. Boring. I was bored. I feel like such right. a plebe writing this. A I, pleb? Well, they wrote plebe. Oh, God. Yeah. I shouldn't have written anything. I feel guilty for having been bored. I enjoyed listening to Sardonicast discuss it, but I was entertained. I wasn't entertained at all. All you movie buffs who are better than me, I'm sure you got it or will get it if you haven't watched it yet and enjoy immensely and pick up on why this was so ahead of its time and timeless. Uh... I feel like this person's not quite sure of what they're about. So half-star films include Eyes Without a Face, Jack, one of my favorite movies, uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Home Alone is a half-star apparently, both versions of Funny Games is a half-star, which I, I, I can get behind, that's fine. Um there was something weird in here, though. So, like, okay, yeah, they said that they were really bored by this, but their favorite movies are Seven Samurai, 
400 blows and paths of glory straight time it's like i like all like why well, i like most of those movies but those are those are arguably boring movies as well right <laughs> like seven samurai like you don't even like that much like would you say seven samurai is boring i mean a little bit i think it's i mean i think it's overrated Okay. And I don't think I, I don't think that's a bold claim because people really do rate that as the greatest achievement the greatest, in yeah. movie history. And I'm like, no, nah, not for me. What about Fight Club? No. Five stars? Josh gave it five stars. He also gave Ichi the Killer five stars, which I find extremely problematic, but that's just me. Okay. Uh one more. John yeah. Johnny Five. One okay. star. I swear to the almighty creator. If Letterbox says four ish plus stars, I hate it. Oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> he gave that feels good man a half a star. Well, okay. Which like, I feel he, like I feel like I didn't know where this is going. Uh not a ton of half star films. Other one star films include Get Out, uh One uh-huh. Cut of the Dead. Okay. Uh Evil Tunes, apparently. The Descent Prom Night, uh hereditary so that's all right these are this person's favorite films Jared. okay found from 2012 it's like a guy shirtless guy wearing a Uh gas mask yeah i've seen that movie uh the greasy strangler okay uh cat sick blues from 2016 okay yeah i i uh yeah i know and then the other favorite film is who's watching oliver from 2018 you know these films? I do. Here? I've seen every single one of those except for that last one. Yeah. Uh, other five-star films include Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre V, the Russian film, which we both like, Martin, uh, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. Which is strange. Eating Raul, yep. uh, Belial's Dream, which I guess is some kind of basket case uh, thing. Uh, Monkey Bone, starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, What else we got here? Holidays. Uh, We need to talk about Kevin. What? What is this shit? Westworld. I find it fascinating that this person dislikes this movie so strongly, I guess. Ultimately, it's like, really? Why don't you like this movie? Because, I mean, but I I get their aesthetics here. I, I get it. Yeah, you're you're picking up what I'm laying down. Like yeah. this person's not these five star movies are sometimes just four star movies for me. Yeah. yeah. They did give Freddy's Dead the final nightmare five stars as well though. Oh dear. And Motel Hell five stars. Oh dear. <laughs> uh there's there's some other uh, there's some other problematic things in here as well. So uh I don't know. Some good ratings, some like Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, any final words here for Eyes Without a Face, a movie that you think is a pretty good show that you'll never watch again, and you're glad pretty you own sh- it? Pretty good show. I'm glad I own I own it, but uh, I'm never going to watch it again. Couldn't have said it better yourself, hey? <sighs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would tell people, check this out, I guess. Um, sure. I mean, if you want for, to. If you want to check out early French horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, maybe check out some of that Jess Franco. Awful Dr. Orloff. 
would you watch that over uh, over this? Well, I mean, I've, I've just seen this now again. I'm, I'm not due for another 15 years. But you're a big Dr. Orloff guy? I mean, I would watch it again. I've only seen it once. Oh, I gotcha. And I like that Franco. Which one, James or Dave? <laughs> uh, Jesus. Jesus Franco. Jesus Franco? That's right. Jesus Franco. That's right. After the break, after the break. Yeah. Let's let those dogs out, RJ. Which ones? Have have them at them. What? I don't know. I, was, I mean. <laughs> what are you talking about? Remember when that guy was wearing the, the padded suit so the dogs would chew at him as they devoured him and maybe even ate his face off? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Was pretty I like cool. seeing dogs get retribution. Don't we all? Except in Wes uh, Craven films. have anyone's face transplanted onto your face but you would have to kill them to get their face but that's okay whose face would you pick i mean people will probably think i would pick mel gibson because but i don't want to kill him i want to be him i just don't want to kill him i guess my answer would probably be idris elba because apparently people think he's very handsome and I have right. no problem killing but, but, him. But, I think he's a, you, he's you, you need the bone structure, though. I have it. Once I stop eating Burger King, you'll be able to see my bone structure, and I'll, I can pull off Idris Elba. What about you? Who would you pick? <sighs> I'd pick the fans, our fans. I'd kill every single one of you to wear your beautiful faces. I thought you were going to say Venus Williams. You can email us at criteriaincreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your faces you'd like to harvest for your own face. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on Patreon. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Next week, Hot Dog RJ, it's episode 225. Is that good? You know what that means? No. It's time to take a dip into the Laserdisc collection pool. What's a Laserdisc? Why, what's in store for us now? Let's take a look here. Oh, how exciting. It's George Sidney's Scaramouche from 1952. I I mean, 
all those emails we've been getting about people are saying, I can't wait for Scaramouche. Is, okay, is this a prequel to the uh, uh, Oscar, award winning, Oscar award-winning film Bohemian Rhapsody? Scaramouche? It's the prequel to Fandango. Like... So are we watching Wayne's World next week or what? Like, that's what I'm asking. Thunderbolt and Lightning. It's pretty frightening, if you ask me. Galileo? I don't know. I was... I thought that guy was full of shit. Because you're a good Catholic boy. Yeah, I know. Get out of here, science. The sun rotates around the Earth. No, listen. The sun rotates around us. It says in the Bible. Good night. Who?